host, Sean McCann. Everybody and welcome back to Divulgence. I'm very happy to have everyone here today. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. I welcome back a new show favorite. I met him a couple months back. We've been talking a lot, sharing ideas, and we're on the same wavelength about a lot of different stuff. So we've been getting into a lot of Kubrick. We did part one of the frame by frame breakdown for Eyes Wide Shut. I think went great. So I'm very happy to welcome back to do part two of the Eyes Wide Shut special. He uh, runs a, a podcast called Wake the Dead, which actually I'm becoming a, a big fan of it myself. I usually, when it comes to podcasts, I'll usually throw on William Ramsey, but lately it's uh, William or Sean, and it's nice to have nice to have another someone that I can listen to and I can trust his wavelength and what he's saying and whatnot. So I'll shut up. Everyone, please help me welcome Sean McCann. Sean, how are you, my friend? Thank you for being here. Thanks, man. That's that was a gracious introduction. Thank you kindly. And, well deserved. And man. I love and I, I love to hear that you trust me because I'm real people, and yeah, you man. know, like I am your friend. And you can, you know, if you hear something on the podcast, you can send me a text, and be like, "Did you really mean that?" And ask me further yeah, questions exactly. about it if I'm, you wanted, you know, because yeah, I'm I'm the real deal, you know. Yeah, I so, think uh, I think I've I've tried to make it clear on the show that you know i'll bring on anyone to to chit chat and hear their ideas but i like to connect with when when someone i feel is is the shit so to speak and i can trust their what they're saying and i can appreciate what they're saying and i think that they're on the path for good and their eyes are open so so to speak just like just like william for example you know i like to i like to stay close and chat and i mean I think we're all on the same team to, to a large extent. So I, you know, I think yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, man, when I, when I say I trust you and I listen to your show just for the sake of my viewers, like I'm not just, I'm not just saying that, you know, I do listen to it. Just like I, I think I mentioned a lot that I listen to William's show because I do. And uh, yeah. so my point Cheers, is man. I, I enjoy your show and, and I do love it. And, and I, and I love that you're doing it. And so thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, man. You know, that's great. That's great. Like it, it's good to have a show because I've got all these things that like I'll, I'll hear stuff in the the public zeitgeist and I'll just it'll get stuck in my craw and like, yeah. you know, and I want to fight it down in an argument. But this is a new way of doing so. Like I can speak to many people and yeah. like I've got Johnny Cerucci coming on pretty soon with my show. We're going to we're going to fight down this this mind control idea of judeo-christianism okay. <laughs> like the mushing those two together is such a mind control and to and it enslaves so many people on the earth because they think oh we got to do what anyway like you know i get these ideas and like you know you know the the transgender thing and like i looked sure. into the ancient transgender cults and like i you know i go on to a friend of my a friend of mine's show new york patriot and we talk about yes, yeah you know, we dig down deep and cause like I get these, I, I really want to, you know, dig into what is happening with the mind control now and what are they doing to our brains and then like see how and why and really get into that deeply. And it's great. It's kind of tough because like me being the interviewer, sometimes I feel like I'm talking more than the guest, <laughs> you know? sure, sure. but it's, it's a, it's a give and take, you know, my guests are gracious and they, you know, we have a, 
it's great. It's really well, a, a feel it's, great to be able to be part of the conversation. That's all. Yeah. And I totally agree. And it's good to find people that you can have these conversations with not only in a more, yeah. in a more detailed sense, but also that you don't feel like the other person, like sometimes I'll be talking to someone and I'm like, man, is this person like writing me off? What is, does he think I'm fucking <laughs> crack? Like, I know. You know it's sometimes yeah, it's it's tough. To find someone it's to have a, a decent conversation with, without it either. I don't know, getting, getting off the rail, going off the off, rails off yeah. and jinx yeah. and, or, <laughs> or just it, it getting kind of confrontational or yeah. Or, Right? It's like, tough I, to talk I, to people. Yeah, man. I'm that's all one of the, love, but some people get a little yeah. heated, right? So it's yeah, that's I mean, they're they choose to be ignorant, a lot of them. And being able like my podcast is for others like us, you know, that that are awake or like trying to wake their friends and Definitely. their family, you know. And it's tough to find people that you can talk to. Like yeah, for man. years and years. Yeah. Like I lived on the road and I would, I would meet other anarchists online and go visit them because where I was at, I was surrounded by statists that just wanted to enslave me and take my money and send the cops after me. You know I mean? Like, like normal Americans. So I had to find these people that are out in the, in the wilderness and I had to go from what, you know, and it's great because I made these real connections with real people that care and and now with the virtual with the podcast i'm able to extend my reach even further you know you know and i can have connections with with other people that are that are also growing you know it's really a it's a wonderful thing and i'm so glad to be doing what i do it's it's very good i'm, I'm yeah, appreciating I, and I, I, agree. You know, I have gratitude that's great yeah and that's why that's why i say like thank you for doing what you do man because if it wasn't for people like you and william and stuff like i i mean i would just be listening to to music instead which is fine <laughs> i love music but uh, some good music but it's, there's oh, a music, lot I, love, of shit. I love music i love music right, but, right. but like you're saying like the podcast outlet is when it comes to people like us trying to talk out the truth and right. determine what's going on and then asking questions and stuff i feel like mm -hmm. it's 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 become a great tool and there's people like yourself that that know how to use it and and are properly right. using it Right. And it's kind of like in the in the days before the revolution in America, there sure. were there were pamphlets, people would circulate pamphlets and like Sam Adams yeah. did so. And, you know, people like Thomas Paine would he wrote a book, I guess, but it's these small like just quick paper printed and circulated widely amongst everybody right. to spread certain ideas. That way everybody can can cue in on what what is being thought about and everybody can have you know can be part of the conversation and the uh, you know the, the literacy rate in america was like 97 percent literate. Okay. okay it was everybody was reading it was you know and that's why we were able to have such a revolution yeah and i think podcast is like a new method of pamphleteering yeah, it's like we can spread these short things like an hour thing you listen to it and it spreads out to anybody that can listen anybody that wants to hear it i think it's it's great and everybody can join in on the conversation with emails they can you know contact each other i think it's very important and I, i'm very glad to be part of it yeah i agree man that's you you, you fucking nailed it because it just <laughs> seems like like i got some flyers printed up to kind of 
Mm-hmm. So it's funny that we're talking about that. I got some flyers printed up for the show to, to distribute and do a bit of marketing. And I just saw that, nice. oh, why don't I get some bookmarks made? So that's a good but, idea. So I don't know if you can see it or not, but it says uh, turn off the, oh yeah, you can probably see it. It says turn off Mm -hmm. the news in in, uh, parentheses and then read something. Yeah, well, you know, and that's pretty good. Yeah, so and then I got a QR code like that. back, and I just thought, you know, hey, why, why not? Why not do that? And you know, maybe you it's know, a great idea. I should do that. Promote the just promote the idea of you know, you know, it doesn't have to be a book, and you don't right. have to actually maybe maybe you don't want to read something, but listen to something else other than an hour of news. Yeah in the morning yeah right right right? because like i mean we all know the news is the news is programming your mind you know it's uh, it's mind control and money and mind control my friend yeah yeah right we both know that once once we get once we get past that we look other places for news you know and we find people like luke rudowski or grand theft world or like you know these corbett report you know what i mean like yeah. these these places are are actual people that are trying to figure out the truth instead yeah, of man. taking money from the the pharmaceutical companies so yeah and and then once you're once you're hitched onto that then you can you know whatever you're interested in you can see who's thinking about what maybe expand a little further yeah, and i've done that for years you know i found myself discovering myself you know i was able to recognize the fact that i am an anarchist and i was able to learn about the principles of morality and you know truth and you know the nature of the universe and i learned about occultism and like this kind of it it is the exploration unfolds infinitely and the fact that there are many people that are thinking and creating these podcasts allows everybody to dive into these topics and really get and then once they get there, they get inspired by someone talking like us, then they look themselves and maybe then they find something else new. That's, you know, like my own experience. Like I, I learned about satanic ritual abuse and the nature of, you know, a hard trauma-based mind control. And then after having been like being a photographer, I've watched Kubrick forever. And, uh, you know, and then with this new knowledge, I have like, I'm watching eyes wide shut again. And I'm like, holy crap, there it is. It's all there. And like them. And then I dive into each little thing I see and it all relates. And it's like, you know, you can get information from other things than, than podcasts and news. You can find it in artwork. It's a, it's a direct communication from the artist's mind and Kubrick having full control over the, over his final edit that is ensuring that it's from his mind in particular, and it is what he creates. It's, it's real art. It's not, you know, messed with by moneyed powers and whatnot, you know, the, the studios and all that. So like, it's when you, when you are watching a Kubrick movie, it's, it's like looking at a painting. It's like seeing a dirt, like, because it's his singular vision. And then that, that is able to communicate to you through the medium. And uh, this is, 
this ex exploration of eyes wide shut here is like you know a literal explanation of what what i have discovered in the medium from his transmission <laughs> you know sure sure yeah he, he he's definitely definitely was was talented with finding means of communicating through his, right. like you say with a painting or a symbol or uh, you know right. how he sets up a, a shot or a frame or you know all that stuff absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely picture is worth a thousand words yeah, you know? exactly. and, a, and a movie is a thousand pictures million pictures you know so so yeah do you want to get into it absolutely uh, man so okay we left off around the part of the movie where bill is well both bill and alice are kind of being seduced and for different means by different right. parties and we i think we left off right around the part where they're talking about where the rainbow ends with bill right. <clears throat> so nuala windsor and the other one <laughs> are leading him to where the rainbow ends right and this is code obviously and this is how secret societies work with each other you know like the Freemasons will say, oh, are you a fellow traveler? And then the other one will be like, yeah, I'm going east, you know, and then they, then they know that, that they're both in the club, right? Just like when Alice was at the bar and Xandor Zavos drinks her full glass and he says, I'm quite certain of it. He's like performing the other part of the confirmation of it's like a, a play. Like so, God, right? Yeah. And so like where the rainbow ends is kind of a load. It's pretty loaded. Like you in people's imagination, they imagine a pot of gold is at the end of the rainbow. Right. Exactly. And, you know, and that alchemy and the, you know, gold and the preciousness of it in reality, where the rainbow ends, it, there is no gold. The, the, the leprechaun fools you into thinking there's gold there, but that's a whole other story. And, but, so where the rainbow ends those exact words are a it's a book from 1911 it's a british book it's a christmas story and this it's about young children who are orphaned by their parents were lost at sea and they have to be raised in the care of their evil uncle and his wife and the evil they treat them badly they don't love the kids they don't care about them and you know it's it's very similar to the types of story like disney always has there's no mother the parent is removed you know and this is a, a primal trauma to children orphans you know so anyway these these kids there's four children and i think two of them well anyway basically the, the evil uncle has a library where there's a magic carpet, right? So that relates yeah. to the magic carpet in the magic ritual, right? Yeah. And this in the book or in the library, there's a book titled Where the Rainbow Ends. So it's like a book with a book inside of the book, you know, in the story okay. titled Where the Rainbow Ends. And these kids, they open up the book and they read that where the rainbow ends is where you can find lost family members. That's where the rainbow ends. That's the end of the goal in the book. So that relates 
to Helena being stolen at the end of this movie. And, in the toy store. Wow. That, and wow. And it's fun. a magic carpet. <laughs> wow. Man. And it flies. <laughs> yeah. And they have like this pet baby lion. And that relates to the pet, the lion stuffed animals that Domino has one on her bed. And they are in the toy store. When Helena is stolen, there's a whole wall of stuffed tigers and lions that are right behind Alice. And that also relates to the cat beast of Babylon. The Babylonian, the whore of Babylon rides the cat beast. And she's holding the a cup of abomination. You can see that on the lust card of the Toth deck of tarot. That's Alistair Crowley's tarot deck. Okay. So, and also that relates to Lolita <laughs> because the portrait of the woman in the end of Lolita, I don't know if I sent you that picture. There is, there is a large portrait that is on top of a like tiger skin rug. So that's another representation of the whore of Babylon. And that's also related to Samiramis who was mentioned in Lolita. Miss is one of the characters in the play. Yes, yes, right here. Beautiful. So Quilty is hiding behind this portrait and the portrait is a maiden riding a cat see that the below the portrait Damn, dog. yeah man below That's the portrait is a is a tiger skin rug with the face of the cat rear bearing its teeth so he's hiding behind the whore of babylon like he's he's and then humbert humbert shoots him through the painting and this relates this piece relates to eyes wide shut completely when we get to the billiard room we'll talk about this also so i know we're kind of jumping around a little bit but yes shoots right through the face of the maiden and julie kearns talks about this painting you can learn more about that from idolapispress.com i think is her website yes you Uh, you mentioned her before i've checked it out and uh, she's great sure she's got a lot of good stuff yeah, I love her. She's great. So, okay. So, all right. So he's there enticing him to where the rainbow ends, right? And he's like, what? Wait, I don't know where the rainbow ends. So that's basically, he, he's, not, he's not like Xandor Zavos. He's not part of the club, right? Exactly. And, then, and then a gentleman comes over and says, hey, uh, get away from those girls, dude. <laughs> you know? And he pulls him up up to the bathroom with Ziggler so we can skip to the next one I guess so yeah they are they are total mind controlled slave hookers basically as Ziggler calls them and they were doing their duty of giving their bodies to the men who are at this party right and so they chose him and in so doing it separated him from Alice and that gave Xandor a chance to go at Alice you know, it's, I think we might've talked about that before. So, okay. This one here, the staircase, it's a spiral staircase and it's like leading up to the magic place. You know, this light is, it has like a magic feeling and you can see there, there is a statue of a woman 
who is being embraced by an angel and they're kissing. This is, uh, this relates to the Nephilim and the, the bloodlines that claim divinity through the, the, the biblical story of the watchers, these like before the flood, they mated with human women and created a hybrid race and those that hybrid race is supposedly the bloodlines of the kings and the royalty and all that so they they're it's like they're claiming that they are better than humans because their bloodline is angelic right so no wonder they have a statue like this at this at their house and below the statue you see there's two couples and they're older gentlemen and take a good look at their face because we probably see them again. I wish I had better resolution on my, or a bigger screen with better res like 4k or something of this movie. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah. They, we could see better detail, but you know, maybe there will be one someday, not 4k, but you know, maybe a better resolution copy will, I know they were, they redid the shining. Yeah, um, they did. The color was, the color was off. So of they fucked up the color. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. So, I haven't seen the newest. I haven't seen any of the newest 4Ks yet. I don't think. Yeah. The, the shining one is they messed up the color. Like the snow is like. That sucks. It's not, it's not blue anymore. Like it used to be blue. It had this yeah. cold. So, but anyway, yeah. We, that sucks. We don't want to go down there. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, sure. <laughs> so anyway, so these guys take a look at their face. Because we're gonna need to recognize them. We're gonna, and they're sitting below the statue. It's relating to them being the bloodline. You know, they are part of the group. So Bill is led up these stairs, and up the stairs is where Xandor Zavos is inviting Alice. Also, yeah, up the stairs is like where, where the naughty stuff happens. You know. Yes. So that's probably why the magical light. You know. Anyway. So. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And he brings to, I can go to the next one. Sure. Yep. So we see here uh, there's some nudity. Everybody, sorry. But, hey, no uh, worries, man. I say whatever yeah. you want, show whatever you want. I okay, keep, good. I keep everything uncensored. I mean, okay. All right. Well, if she doesn't like woman. it, whatever, I find a new means to do it. So say whatever. Right, you right. Say put it on, put it on Odyssey. Give it to yeah. Odyssey. Yeah. 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 So that's great. So Ziggler is pulling up his pants because he's finishing what he did to her. Like he, he violated her with, you know, while she was passed out. Right. She's got her arm out like that because he injected her with something. Damn dude. Oh yeah. So like he, he gave her the drug. Then he, raped her you know like a bill cosby situation and now now bill is being called into the room to help revive her right and this is the most ornate bathroom i've ever seen yeah dude there's a desk yeah. there's a fireplace in the wash yeah the fireplace yeah and there's like an evil demon face on the side of the fireplace it's like a blue fish thing yeah, with teeth yes exactly and that's like and that's like on her on the arm where she got injected you know so anyway yeah so the every she's on a red chair sprawled out naked on a deep red color and that 
that will relate to the carpet, the red carpet. And it also relates to the painting up in the top right corner. We kind of see the toes and we'll see more of that in a minute. Yeah, here we go is this is this is a Christian Kubrick's painting and it's Paula six months on red is the title. So it's a pregnant woman sprawled out on red and you can see the belly behind his head and the nipples are dark and enlarged like like a pregnant woman and you can see kubrick has framed this so that the painting takes up the whole frame it's like he's showing you the painting and the way that he, the way that he framed it looking up with ziggler right in the middle you can see ziggler's mouth is right where the baby is born from the the vaginal canal of the pregnant woman is directly lined up with Ziegler's mouth. So this is telling us that Ziegler, this, the truth that is in the paintings will be spoken out through Ziegler's mouth. The, the pregnant message in the paintings will be born through Ziegler's mouth. Okay. The way that the way that the camera aligns is like the way that you know astrologers like the way that a you know this aligns with this and then the energy syncs up and is transmittable you know like alignments in framing of a photograph you can relate things to each other through the alignment and where the placement is in the frame so later in the toy store, we will see there is a symbol of mind control that is directly behind Alice's head. And like her head intercepts the view from that of that to the camera. So it's like it transmits the energy of that symbol through her head into the camera. So the alignments have significance, right? So this is aligning his lips with the birth of this pregnant message. <laughs> and we see later, I think maybe in the next scene, it cuts back to Alice and Vandor Zavos dancing. And he looks up because you're looking up just like the, the angle of the camera looking at that of the, the image of the painting. He looks up and he says, I love Victor's art collection, don't you? And then she talks about how she used to own an art gallery and it went broke. And he says, oh, I have many friends in the art game. I think we might, might have talked about that one before. So Kubrick is telling you to look at the painting. There's message there. There's something to look at. That's, so that's good. You've, you've hit a few things that uh, I haven't even heard you say before. And like, man, with the arm action, just <laughs> yeah, right. Damn, dude, that's a big one. Right. That's just to like, I'm sure both of us have said this so many times, but that's why his movies are so great to watch again. Oh, yeah. Engages. Yeah. Up new shit. Man. You learn more and see more awesome. every time. Right. Awesome. And there's never enough time. Like I did like a three hour thing on eyes wide shut and i put it up on odyssey like maybe a year year and a half ago sure and it was three hours and i still i was there wasn't everything i couldn't get it all you know so this is nice they were going through it and 
you know, and you've seen the movie, you care about it, you, you know what I'm talking about. So it's, you know how to ask the right questions and yeah, so man. we can really explore it further. Yeah, man. There's so much work to decode and, right. and uh, discover with it that it gives us an opportunity to do stuff like this and think of, you know, get our brains moving and think. Yeah. Of and it's good to get the ideas out and have them yeah. on camera and recorded. And that way it doesn't have to be like in my head anymore. Like, exactly oh yeah you know yes. like it went, it's that way and then i could talk to others about it and they already know what i'm talking about because like they heard me say it so anyway xandor is a little clue he's telling us look at the art you know and so okay she is revived and bill look see how they're both looking at the watch look at bill's face <laughs> look at bill's face right i never noticed it's that. almost like he's afraid to see it yeah 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 and they're both looking at the watch and he says another hour like he's bill says you should keep her here another hour and then have somebody take her home and then ziggler is like another hour like he repeats that and then looks at his watch and we both look at the watch and in so doing kubrick is telling us to look at the timestamp, and the timestamp here is 17 minutes and 49 yes. seconds and then, so I thought, I was thinking, oh, another hour, what could that be referring to? And I thought, well, maybe Kubrick is telling us to look ahead another hour. So if you skip another hour from 17 minutes and 49 seconds, you see one hour, 17, this is 46, this 46 is a couple yeah. seconds before. But at the 49 moment is right when they're about to kiss. And this, this scene relates exactly to the bathroom scene because this is the same woman. So like Bill is meeting her and saving her life, right? And then now this is her chance to save Bill's life in a... Like, like in Delio, in the wife goes into the underground of this political prison to save him from certain death. And that's what she's doing, right? And she has the black feathers, like she's like a bird, like the black is like death and the bird feathers plume relate to Nightingale, the story of the Nightingale and the, the woeful lament of violence and rape so anyway one hour ahead we see that this is mandy and then i was like wow and if you you know a little bit further so she kisses and their masks meet and they connect it like one hour 17 50 seconds right okay and and then they go then they start walking down the hall and she turns to bill and she says, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> and I'm thinking, is that Kubrick telling us that we have to go back to 17 minutes and watch the rest of the movie? <laughs> you know. So, But I also thought, what if I go another hour from there to two hours, 17 minutes, 49 seconds? And that is the billiard room scene where Ziggler. Yep, go ahead and find. Yep, here we go. Two, two and 17 right here he's telling if i told you their names 
I'm not going to tell you their names. names. (laughs) But in this moment, we can see in the paintings. The paintings are in view. And at the head of the table is the painting of the man with the tricorn hat. We'll talk about that later. So he's telling, Ziegler is making these, he's speaking out the message. And we have to have ears to hear. So we can see that the red carpet is the billiard table and the paintings are there on the wall. These are the unmasked ancestors of the people that were at the ritual. And the guy with the tricorn hat is Ziegler's ancestor. And it all relates. It's a bloodline thing. They've been doing it for eons, you know, ages of generational. And they've kept their own harem of slaves that they breed from start to finish, you know. And the ritual is conducting the same soul, the souls of the slaves that they have killed back into bodies again, so they can keep them another life. It's a moon ritual. It's a moon child ritual, like, uh, like the butterfly net that Crowley talks about in his book, Moon Child. Okay. And that's the butterfly net is the alternate title of the book where the magician impregnates a woman who is totally a slave, like enamored with this magician, totally in love and will do anything he says. He impregnates her and then all through the, like impregnates her on a certain time, certain day because of the astrology and the energies, and then surrounds her with certain symbols, only allows her to be awake at night because it's, he's trying to give, a moon energy like athena only allowed her to eat oysters or something like only allowed her to be awake during the entire gestation of the baby and then they did magic ritual to uh to bring a certain soul into the the body of the baby so they Magicians believe that there's a certain amount of time when the baby is just a body and not inhabited with a soul yet. And I think even the Buddhists believe it's like 49 days or something that the souls actually inhabits the, the fetus. So the magicians are manipulating this, the, the soul that is going to incorporate into the bodies of the women at the ritual. So that's that's what's happening. They're manipulating the the soul's incarnation into these bodies because all those women are being impregnated, and it's and it's during the the time right before Christmas at the the winter solstice, right? So this is like the birth of the sun. It's a solar cult. That's why it's at Summerton. It's you know it's it's very deep. The the occult connections is very deep so these these women are being impregnated the souls are being manipulated and the first one that they choose after they like like in the last shot there with when they were wearing the masks she chose bill so that means that that bill is like most likely the one to impregnate her right and but then all the other people will run the train on her so then, and they're all wearing masks. So that way it removes fatherhood. Right. It removes any kind of connection to the baby. So that way they can torture and kill it without having any guilt of it being their own kid, you know? So that's how they create these things. These slaves, these total slaves, because they can't just, like I said before, they can't just choose any hooker off the street. They got to make them from scratch because they can't just have the hooker telling the secrets of of their 
order. You know, they have to have them multiple personality. They have to have a, a mental partition between the front personality and the secrets, because that's the only way that, that this operation can continue the way that these dark cultists own us and, and control us. They have certain controllers that are mind controlled completely. And you'll learn more about that from Fritz Springmeier and, you know, Kathy O'Brien, those type of people. But Kubrick is telling us the whole thing, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's, and the thing about, well, I guess I don't, we don't need to get into the billiard scene yet. Let's go back to the beginning, I guess. Okay. We're still at seven, we're still at 17 minutes because I'll go off and on and on, and on. So also if you look behind Bill, yeah, you see there's a mirror Yep. and around the mirror is flowers and what looks like a butterfly, maybe butterflies surrounding that yeah mirror. okay yep so like that is more relation to sra multiple personality another trigger another callback to that sorry to cut you off Please. ever since we've been chatting well i guess ever since I, I watched your episodes with william and ever since we've been chatting like for mm -hmm. whatever reason man whenever i see butterflies i just like i'm just like oh yeah just makes me think, like, metamorphosis. Not, not in like an irrational way, like, oh, what's going on here? But just, it just reminds me of like, you know, these right. fuckers, man, and their symbols. Right. And, their, it's and then you look at like Dolly, Dolly Parton's cover of her album is like her and a butterfly. And like, okay. and you look at like the modern day, you know, like Britney Spears and stuff, they got butterflies everywhere. Like they're telling us this is a mind controlled slave. So the people in the cult can recognize, oh yeah, that's one of them. And the monarch, you know, the way that it's, it's intelligence passed on generationally, you know? So that's why they saved the children of their own slaves, because those ones are more, those ones are easier to manipulate. And they've been working on that bloodline for years, you know, this stock of harem, that they keep and they can kill them and then manipulate their soul to return into a new body and then keep them enslaved forever. I think that's why at the end, Alice is afraid of the word forever. She yeah. cries yeah, at forever okay. because I think her soul has been enslaved forever. And then there's crazy town. They got that song butterfly. Oh yeah. Never mm -hmm. ends. Yeah. <laughs> I know dude. It, it, yeah. That's one of those triggers. So here we see her looking in the mirror after they, they go home from the party and she's okay. He's initiating sex with her and she's acting like she likes it. And then she looks in the mirror and she dissociates this here. She gets blank, not feeling anymore. Now he is just having his way with her. And she's just like, Ugh, okay, do it. And she's looking in the mirror. This is when they look in the mirror, it's an easier for them to switch alter. So mirrors are used for, for alter switching between alters in okay. dissociative identity victims. Like uh, they'll, they'll torture the victim and then they'll make them stare at a mirror and, and then say, you know, you are Alice now, Ugh, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. you're Shannon now. And that, you know, it, it helps to, bring up the other altar so 
this right here is an example of Alice slipping into dissociation during a sex act because that's how she operates when she's having when people are having sex with her she just goes limp and dissociates (laughs) because she's a total slave she's not even she's a barbie doll she's a living uh, barbie like jack torrance says in the shining that does he say the sperm receptacle or something oh yeah 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 (laughs) jesus (laughs) <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah no it's good no but that's right that the way that they they have no care you know they're evil yeah. anyway so she's this is an example of her victimization of her dissociative identity and this is the cover of the poster the poster has the picture of her looking in the mirror in this moment and it's showing everybody hey look she's dissociative during sex in a mirror and there's multiple dots of her face all around the mirror, like this multiple personality dissociation. It's all there in one frame on the poster <laughs> for the promotion of this film. So Kubrick was telling us what it is all about just in the frame of the poster, just like he did Full Metal Jacket. I mean, yeah, the, the peace sign and the born to kill, like the duality of man, the Jungian thing, like that is all like how to make somebody who's a peaceful mind turn. Yeah. There's the poster right here. And we can see all the little dots all around. If you, if you get up close, you can see there's a reflection of her face in each one. Yeah. I guess the resolution is not so good, yeah. but, but in any case, that's what that the effect of those con convex circular, you know, convex point pu- bulging out, it creates another separate reflection of what is in the mainframe and also if you look it's not just a four-sided mirror if you count the sides it's eight eight yeah man that is an octagon octagon represents the tesseract which represents total mind control slavery she's encased within the octagon and the octagon you'll learn from David Icke is the double square. Like that's a, it's a very huge occult symbol. And the octagon plays heavy in the toy store where we will see the octagon line up with her head yes. because her brain is totally under mind control. Crazy. So yeah, that's, and above like it it looks like the i mean it's the vesica pisces above that's enshrined and there's the trinity above that and so it's like and it's it's like the sacred feminine you know enslaved by mind control it's it is very deep if you know about occult symbolism crazy and it's interesting that it's they own they own the mirror the Hubert family owns the mirror it's such a yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a wild, uh, it's definitely a wild piece of, I don't know if you call it furniture or whatever, but it's a, or, or yeah. whatever, but it's a wild, you know, it's an yes. interesting mirror for sure, for sure. Right. And uh, it says everything he wants to say right there. Yeah. And then her looking in the mirror, like she has the one eye that's open, like right. she is aware and awake yeah. And he doesn't have any eyes. He's like, just yeah. putting sex on her. Like, you know. Yeah. Put the game on. Give me a beer and my Uggs. And- yeah, his Uggs. What a loser. 
<laughs> anyway, so <laughs> moving on, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we are at breakfast. Okay, this is a big one. So this here is a callback to another Kubrick film, The Shining. We have mother reading, child eating, watching cartoons at the table in the kitchen. Same thing. This one, they're eating breakfast at, in The Shining. He's eating lunch. He's eating like a peanut butter and jelly. And he's watching The Roadrunner, right? Yeah. And The Roadrunner is like, you know, Jack is the, the coyote, you know, and he's chasing him through the maze. You know, it's like, a, and and Danny is the wood, you know, the roadrunner. That's all it can be free. Anyway, that that's kind of another thing. So we see on the TV, we see it's Bugs Bunny. That also relates to The Shining because Danny's nickname was Doc, just like Bugs Bunny would say, what's up, Doc? And they even made a point to have Hallow make the voice of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, and he says so. Line, yeah. So Bugs Bunny there is reading a green book. What is that green book? Hmm. Oh, that's funny. There's a green book right in front of Helena on the table. And we see that Alice is putting her cup down right next to the green book. And the motion of her hand is calling attention to that frame, to that point of the frame. So it's like making you look at the green book. And then if you read the spine of the green book, it says how the Grinch stole Christmas. And it looks like there's oh, a that's, Christmas tree on the book that Bugs is reading, eh? I think. I'm not sure, but it looks, it's, there's something on there. I guess I can't really see. But also, if, if you watch the Tromnovell German television rendition of the book, okay. there is the young girl... The daughter is reading a green book. Like it's even in that. So I think I, I have that clip. I think I might put it together into a thing later, but you might find it on YouTube. There's Tromnovell. That's the book that this is based on. Right. So anyway, so this green book that Bugs is reading relates to the green book on the table, how the Grinch stole Christmas. What happened? The Grinch stole Christmas. So Helena is reflected in the book and she's got little butterflies on her. Looks like red flowers, but they also look like butterflies. They also could look like butterflies. Sure. Yeah. On her robe, which is reflected in the book. Helena is stolen at Christmas and who steals her? Who, what is the Grinch? The Grinch has a heart two sizes too small, right? Is he doesn't have compassion just like the dark occult the dark occult hates you for being hates joy and they want to cause suffering you know right. it's it's very deep so yeah and then we see the i can't believe it's not butter and right. she's also yeah. eating she's also eating snack wells like there's there's a lot of that i don't know if that's another what's theme the, what's that Kubrick, snack wells is snack a wells. cookie it's like it's hydrogenated oils and it's it's kind of poison it's like diet food during the 90s they had these it's not good for you and i think it causes injury to people but anyway so i don't know if that's another theme that he was putting that in there because she was eating those cookies late at night and she's they're eating this fake butter and 
it's, it's kind of gross. But anyway, above the TV, there's like this devil character, this red devilish looking thing that's also like it calls your attention up to it the red of the chair in the frame of the tv like accentuates the red of the picture on the wall and then the picture on the wall is obviously painted by helena so does she have these images in her mind of these devilish things so anyway if you i don't know if i gave you a clip of the shining them at the table but you can we can see how it is so similar here we are that's they are sitting at the table there he's watching cartoons just like she was she's reading catcher in the rye which relates to mind controlled slavery you know monarch mind control of the super soldier kind the kind of people that shoot up movie theaters and try to kill the president and you know those type of slaves which is another this is that's what they do to the male slaves they you know make them i mean i guess some of them are sex slaves too but they you know they choose which way the kids are going to go when they're you know so eyes wide shut is teaching us about the making of the sex slaves and this one is telling us about the abuse of of little boys you know and how it's they hire in evil people that abuse their kids and they also abuse from birth from gestation like the rich people do it's other angles of this kind of the same phenomenon they're here at the table he's watching cartoons she's reading involved in her reading her consciousness is there in the book his consciousness is there on the tv you know there's books everywhere behind them all around books behind his head stacked up like they have this this knowledge inherent in them so that's that and that's how that scene relates and it'll make you think of these non-submersible units you know then like a dream you remember these certain frames out of certain movies like you know like the shining jack is sticking his face through the door around everybody remembers that you know same way like when when you see somebody hacking at a door with a Acts, you're going to think of that scene in The Shining. You know, he's layering these things into our brains as his career goes on, like in Lolita with the quilty hiding behind the portrait. You know, that is already in there, just like the billiard table is in Clockwork Orange and the speakers on the billiard table, like that, that also relates. So these non submersible units are in there in your consciousness and they bubble out when you are triggered to think of them again. You know, so Kubrick is using his prior movies to remind you of other ideas that he has also discussed in the same fashion. <laughs> okay. All right. right. So this is, <laughs> so this is Alice is grooming Helena, literally grooming her. She, Helena is in a trance state, just allowing herself to be groomed and we see the alice's hair is highlighted and then she is working on the hair of helena so alice has already been groomed alice already has that programming and then she's putting it into her child and if you see the hair she's pulling it up and brushing it it exactly aligns with a, a line uh, in the curtains of upside down five-pointed stars it aligns she's grooming helena with satanism 
And if you look in the picture on the wall, that is a panda. And if you know anything about the codes of child, like CP and that kind of thing, panda is its own thing. And it relates to very violent abuse of children. Yeah. So that that's all there in the frame, you know, doesn't even have to have words. No, not exactly. Groomed with Satanism. Yeah, exactly. It's that's what, that's the, the beauty of the photography can relay these messages without even saying words do you know what uh do you know what it looks like a cupboard above the yeah okay it looks like a person looking into a cupboard i can barely make it out it looks like a a box like a cupboard like maybe a confessional somebody kneeling in front of it maybe yeah because it looks like the okay kneeling because it looks like the legs are yeah cut off yeah 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 it's very odd but that one's framed the other one was obviously painted by Helena. Right. Yeah. So maybe Helena has these images in her head. She is real, maybe she's told Panda, you know, like she's, yeah, maybe they, that's triggers in her mind, but it came from her subconscious and it's put out there and it's hung on the wall. Yeah. So the abuse that they do to children to create the Panda situation is the same type of abuse that satanism satanic ritual abuse does to their to their victims and their victims are raised in a normal house just like helena is and the little girls are stolen away in the night they're just programmed to wake up and go and be you know be a certain place and then they fly them to wherever they bring them to wherever to do the what they're supposed to do they're programmed to do and then they bring them back home and they wake up with a, their normal front personality and they don't remember a word a thing they don't remember any of it it's partitioned in a different personality so this is what's this is what helena is enduring it's freaky that's wild man all right Mm. so okay uh she's looking in the mirror again so she's cannabis makes the partitions between the different altars thinner the satanism satanic ritual abuse the cult or whatever that does satanic ritual abuse hates cannabis they demonize it completely because it breaks down the programming okay. that they it, that they put into their victims, so they don't want the the victims to have calm contemplation, soothed, relaxed, subliminal access. They yeah. don't want to be able to them to be able to you know it's it, it helps the conscious mind to get out of the way and the subconscious to to express itself it naturally heals the mind and they want to keep the people's minds broken so that they can continue to use them as a tool like they do so anyway she she gets this you know it's in a band aid it's an aid for accessing other portions of her mind and she's they're rolling it's the grossest looking swag yeah swag <laughs> Dude, they got they're like a rich doctor and they can't yeah, afford man. It. it's so sad yeah. but anyway like they you know kubrick zooms in 
to show us that it's cannabis like even though it, it's not buds it's just you know ground up yeah, it's leaves ground maybe up. <laughs> i mean it's gross yeah. but anyway yeah yeah right that's interesting yeah, I mean, you know, the, the partitions and with the smoke when when you mentioned right. when they're smoking and we maybe because maybe that attributes to her the intensity of the how she gets in the argument right in the next right right and her she's remembering things and parts of things that should be kept down like yeah. she's, she's, she's yeah. not supposed to be telling him that she was triggered by a military dude that knows how to trigger her you yeah know? man oh, um, interesting yeah so yeah naval officers are there's the naval intelligence is huge like cia is like whatever military intelligence is huge learn like look up k griggs and listen to her interview it's like six hours sorry what is it k, and k briggs k-a-y k griggs g-r-i-g-g-g-s gotcha. and she is the wife of a naval intelligence officer who gets drunk and tells her everything and she has his like notebook and shit and she like talks about people's names she tells it she's like i met this dude he does this and they go to these orgies and they have you know they do rituals and gay sex with each other and it's fucking crazy k griggs it's the truth she's telling what's real and military intelligence is way bigger and more connected to the cult than the cia cia is cool they're skull and bones right that you know that's the british arm of the east india you know the east india trading company still survives with this skull and bone society and the cia it's still happening and you know the same people that did the opium wars like that's skull and bones right that's just one faction of the cult there's there's a lot other pieces there's big power in other places and the actual military intelligence like the people that michael mickey aquino worked for like that is that is the cult that is satanism that is generational abuse that they do super soldier programs all that shit so so a naval officer is going to know the triggers and when he sees her in the hallway he's going to be able to look at her and just in a moment put her under a spell where she wants to give herself and her whole life away because he's bringing up another altar he brings up the the sex slave the the barbie doll marilyn monroe altar and she would she would give away her family she would throw away everything she talks about it in this argument and and yet she felt more dear to him than ever because she's in the She's in the receptive state of being in love with whatever is, is there touching her body, you know, like she's programmed to bond and feel that, but it happened to be Bill instead of that naval officer because she was triggered into the mode of being a slave and then she gave it to Bill instead. It's, it's very interesting. So, and also... A naval officer relates to um, the Scientology. Yes, right. And right. L. Ron Hubbard fancied himself to be a naval officer. 
He would drive around on boats in the ocean because there are no laws in international waters. Yeah. You know, three miles off the coast of any country is international waters. You do what you want. Even the Simpsons showed you can have monkey knife fights out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know? right. so, yeah, man. so that is where they do, you know, that's where Scientology does their hard programming in the Sea Org. They go out on those boats and they, they abuse those people. They mind controlled those people. You know? So now she is sprawled out on red, just like the slave Mandy on the, you know, in the chair in the bathroom. Yeah, man. And she's talking about those two girls. And she knows what those two girls are about because she is one. She is the same as those two girls. They are sex slaves. They're to be fucked at the party. They're party favors. And she saw him with them. And she knows what that's about. And so now with her, like her partitions and her defenses down, it's bubbling out. She's saying, hey, what are you doing with that? You, you know, those two girls. She's explaining about those girls, you know, kind of. And she, in so doing, she's explaining about herself. And then she gives a story about when she was one of those girls back when the naval officer came and talked to her. And, you know, the same thing. She was explaining to him that she herself is the same as those girls. He's like, oh, I'm sure of you. And he, she laughs at him. And because he's not, he doesn't know her at all. Like she, she's his handler. Like she's controlling him, you know, it's, and then she tells him a story about how when she, back when she was still triggered, even though they were married, you know, that whole story about going to Cape Cod and being triggered and Cape Cod, you know, the Kennedys are there, <laughs> that whole thing. But Kennedys relate to Marilyn Monroe. And yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Marilyn Monroe would visit Kennedy at Hyannisport, you know. So that's even further of a rabbit hole. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and you look at Ted Kennedy and Chappaquiddick, that was, yeah. that happened, you know, these things like, that is, that's where they would smuggle the booze when the, you know, when booze was illegal and that's how Joe Kennedy got popular, you know, got rich and part of the cult. And the cult isn't only bloodlines. It's also people that rise up and take, take control, you know, like Rockefeller, you know, he sure. proved, proved himself, you know, he was raised by a terrible family that had no love or care. And, it, you know, he was a created psychopath and, and then now he's part of the club. He proved himself worthy. You know, now same thing with the, with the Kennedys, you know? So anyway, yeah. If you read Bryce Taylor's book, thanks for the memories. She talks about the Kennedys and she loved Bobby and Jack and uh, she hated it. Teddy would beat her. You know, Teddy couldn't become sexually aroused without beating her and like making her bloody and like really? really deep stuff. Yeah. It's gross. And, you know, and she would, service the Kennedys all the time she would service their kids you know when they were like the kids would be initiated into like would be given to these whores also just like the two girls at the party yeah, um, yeah. now we now we're jumping into uh, yeah I, I i cut a lot of the argument yeah. out i no, mean no, we kind of talked about it yeah so mm -hmm. here we are okay so there's domino 
and she doesn't have uh, anyway she's low class and he's you know slumming it getting some getting a hooker because he's mad at his wife or whatever i don't know whatever yeah he goes but, out on this like yeah this, like turns into like almost a mission kind of thing right right yeah right and we i i didn't pick this one out i found it online i forget exactly who but her dress like her top the blue lines on it kind of form a compass and square and then her face being in the middle is like the g kind of Ah, interesting okay and and you showed me an image that would be good that's a really good one mm-hmm. Let's see if i can find that quick i should be able to yeah and you can see the tiger on her bed before you switch over look over to the left yeah yeah tiger's on her bed like yeah. it's in frame yeah, you can see it again there too. so there okay there you go so there's a screenshot that you took and he's talking about this, you know, got his arms out like, oh, like it's a big thing, a big deal. And she's smiling. And if you look, the shadow, you want to describe it? Yeah, man. Like yeah, you her, found that her one. hands make a mask. <laughs> and it's like, like just that classic, kind of that classic mask. Right, like the love. Zorro mask. Right, exactly, like, man, yeah. Yeah. And you can like the shadow from her hands on her dress forms a black mask like a masquerade and that what what happens in the the ritual is a masquerade they're wearing the same types of masks and if you look there i think i took a screenshot of in her room she has masks on her walls and her head is framed within the mirror so she too is a cult multiple personality slave and the cult makes money with these slaves the cult will send them out to be models or hookers or like beyonce you know she's one of them too raised to be a performer she has multiple personalities she says she gets like a demon takes over when she's on stage and shit it's this is another example of that. So this area of New York, like he thinks he's finding some random hooker, but she is in the cult too. She's in the game. Yeah. I, she's one of them too. Just like his wife, just like those two girls at the party, you know, just like Lily Sobolewski and Helena, same thing. And these, these multiples, these altered slaves are everywhere. They're, they're placed in key positions. They're used to make money for the cult. They're used in drug smuggling. They're used in espionage and spying and many things, you know. And there we see framed right there behind her is like her will is this cat beast, right? And that relates to the cat beast of the whore of Babylon we Babylon. talked about earlier. Right. And so she is the the cult of Inanna, the people who worshipped Inanna, and later Ishtar. Ishtar is the Babylonian version of Inanna. Okay. Is the human form incarnation of Ishtar on earth, just like how the Catholics tell us that the Pope is the vicar of Christ or whatever the hell. Right. Like yeah. 
Ishtar is the walking human form of the god, like the way that the pharaohs are the human version of the god, whatever, to be worshipped, you know. So in ancient times, the cult of Ishtar had harems of, of women that would make money for the cult. That's how the cult operated. And the, the women were donated to the cult before they hit puberty. <laughs> this totally, I don't know, this stuff is in my presentation. So I'm probably going to have to put this out on my show also, if you don't mind. But Sorry? yeah, this is uh, more, this is, I was saying that this stuff I didn't talk about in any of my other presentations. Like, you I guess me, I kind of talked about it. And you want me to, I would like, you want me send to me a copy out? of this. No, 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 no. Send oh, me a copy of the whole thing. I'll just post it on my wall. Like, sure, sure. On the one, we can one great one network. on that another time too. Like, Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, we talk about Ishtar and Anna. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to. That's another thing. I'd love to learn a lot of that stuff from you. And I, I appreciate oh, right. it. I appreciate that there's a lot of stuff that, that we know together, so to speak. But right. Sorry, fucking fly. <laughs> um, uh, but I also appreciate that you have a lot of knowledge on on stuff that I want to learn. So I'd love. Oh, good. To, I'd love yeah, to great. Some of that stuff, and and just a quick. Yeah, one. we could dive down the, the rabbit holes. Um, the Inanna. Uh, does that does that relate back to the, the pointed star? No, the it does. <laughs> okay, but the sorry. Um, Go ahead. The pillars. Sorry, the pillars. Yes, it or, does. Uh, if games. you look at the tarot cards, the, the classic tarot, but... the classic tarot deck of the Rider Weight tarot deck is the one that everybody knows. Okay. And the High Priestess is the one right after the Magician. I think it's number two of the Trumps of like the, there's the Trumps and then the rest of the fifty-two court cards or whatever. And uh, so the High Priestess is depicted between the two pillars and her robe is water and she's standing on the moon and she has, I think she has a book. I forget. But anyway, she, she's between the pillars of Yakim Boaz. Yeah. You see the Etsy. Yeah. Right there. So she has the, the Torah, the Rota, the tarot, you know, it's the same. It's like the wheel of life, the book of life. Like she's holding the book of the tarot. The high priestess is Inanna Ishtar. So you see the pomegranates behind her. That yes. is a clue that tells you that she is Ishtar because Ishtar relates to Persephone, the daughter of Demeter in the Greek myth. Persephone is stolen by Hades and taken down to the underworld. And while she's there, she's tricked into eating. She's told that if she eats to drinks anything, then she'll be there forever. And she's tricked into eating six pomegranate seeds. And then Hades is like, okay, you're my wife now. You're here forever. And he's like, and she's like, oh, and she, she pleads to be released. And then she's sentenced to have six months down there, one for each pomegranate seed, and then six months above. So that relates to the spring season. So Ishtar went Inanna, basically the, the, the high priestess, the, the sacred feminine, the, she's the goddess of 
political power and you know sexual sexual love and i got notes on her somewhere but anyway if you look it up inanna is like the high priestess of the ancient fertility cult okay so when so ishtar went in inanna went into the inanna and ishtar is the same right inanna is the sumerian version and ishtar is the babylonian version just like how greek gods were translated into roman gods same thing so inanna ishtar and slash marks whatever went into the underworld to well she went to the underworld because she wanted to visit like her sisters her sister is the queen of the underworld Erishkagal, and she wanted to go to Erishkagal's husband's funeral or something and she like anybody that goes into the underworld is going to be trapped there forever and Erishkagal was pissed that her sister wanted to do this and so she told the gatekeepers of the underworld to go ahead and allow her in but make her take off one piece of clothing as she gets down it through all of the eight i think it's eight gates into the underworld and then she like gives up her crown and her scepter and then her you know her garments and stuff and then she's totally naked by the time she gets down in there and then she demands she is like she's demanding of her sister and sister's like bitch this is not your place this is not your world you don't have any power anymore and kills her and hangs her on a meat hook and then she's stuck down there forever and because she's pissed at her sister whatever and uh, so Inanna pleads with Enki, maybe Enlil. I think it was Enki. She pleads to save her and let her come up from the underworld. And she's like, Oh, I made a big mistake. Sorry, please get me out of here. And Enki like sends these demons down to get her. Like he scrapes them out of his thumbnails. He scrapes the dirt from under his nails and creates these monsters to like these golly, they're called which relates to the, the cult of Inanna, the, the male priests that cut off their genitals. They call themselves Gali, okay. G-A-L-L-I. And it, I think that relates to Galilee, of where Jesus is from. And they were also cross-dressers, like they dressed up as women. That's why Jesus had long hair. That's a, that's a deep yeah. one that people might get real mad about if I start talking about that. No worries. I'm like going to write that, that down, though, for us to yeah, yeah. chat about another time, man. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Jesus has a, has a beard and long hair, you know, it's so the, the, the cult of Inanna, they, they're the women. Okay. So like the young girls, that of families that wanted to be initiated, be ingratiated to the cult, to the religious order, they would give one of their children, like the way the Buddhist kids give their kids to become monks, like it's an honor, right, for their kid to be accepted into the order of monks. And every, every family would be happy to have a monk or, a, or like a priest, you know, I mean, so, but anyway, the the families would give their young daughter about Helena's age to the cult. And then the cult 
trains them to be whores. They're trained to give their body to anyone and everyone that donates money to the cult. So like the Catholic church today, when people bring money and put it in the plate, it's the same, except there's no fornication with a whore. Right. That's what they did. Like people that would visit the church, they give money to the church. And then by having sex with the priestess, who is a human embodiment of the priestess Ishtar, okay. it in so doing, it absolves the sins of the person who paid the money. So it's a way, like, instead of going to confessional and putting money in the plate, right. you are going to the church and giving money and then having sex with one of the hookers. And the release of your sperm is like releasing your guilt and your wow. shame and all this so these women weren't allowed to fall in love. They were allowed to have sex with whoever they want, but they weren't allowed to favor having sex with one more than another. <laughs> just like sure. just like in Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, he talks about like everyone is for everyone. Like, you know, you're supposed to fornicate with everybody, you know. That was their culture, right? So this is the priestess Inanna, the high priestess of the cult of Inanna, the, the main, the Pope of that order, right? The main chick would every year around springtime would fornicate with the king of the state of the play of Babylon or, you know, the places that, that worshiped Inanna Ishtar. And this copulation of the king and the high priestess creates fertility on the earth. It is a acting out of what happens when Tammuz. All oh, right, I didn't finish about Ishtar. So I'm sorry, listeners. This no is kind of con convoluted. But so the, the cult of the, the story of Tammuz, Tammuz is like Horus, is like, is, is the fertility fertility god when so like when tammuz is the husband of ishtar and when ishtar was down hung on a hook in the underworld tammuz was up on the up up on the land like chilling with his concubines still wearing his you know all of his shiny clothes and not not in mourning and right. when when the the galley brings like the she makes a deal with the un with the boss of the underworld to have somebody else take her place while she's in so that because she's trapped down there that's the law she's got to stay down there but they make a deal with enki so that she gets allowed to come back up again just like persephone is allowed to come back up again so tammuz is drawn taken down to the underworld because ishtar is pissed that he's not mourning her she's like that piece of crap and with her anger, sends him down into the underworld, just like in that Midsommar, like at the end, okay. where the the flower queen, whatever, the, the Maeve queen, chooses her boyfriend to go down, who's named Christian. <laughs> and Jesus is another representation of Tammuz, is another, is like the sun god, right? So like in the springtime, the sun is reborn again. And it's like in the, there's six months of summer and six months of winter. Like in the, in the ancient times, it wasn't like, I mean, it is four seasons, but 
there was the season of life when things would grow and then the season of death when there's like winter and snow and and the, and the sun is gone into the southern hemisphere like it is, well it's it's not as far north like it's down closer to the equator and and it doesn't rise as far to the north so like if you track the solar path march 19th is like you know the summer solar or the 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 spring equinox is when the sun starts having more time above like there's the sun is growing and becoming more powerful right so it's like born in march basically you know i guess it's completely born at november or at december 25th right so that is why they relate nimrod's birthday to december 25th because that is the day after the three days of the sun being in the tomb of the you know the three days before jesus is resurrected that's why jesus's birthday is on the 25th because jesus is a solar deity right like so uh anyway so tammuz <laughs> i'm sorry everybody no man, tammuz tammuz crazy. gets dragged off down into the underworld and then so but he gets six months out of the out of the underworld also so ishtar gets to hang out like it gets to be on the land again and not in the underworld but tammuz gets dragged down in her place and every year around march 19th the march 20th the equinox tammuz gets released from the underworld and then he has sex with ishtar and that copulation of them having sex releases fertility on the land and then all the plants are woken up and they're all start fruiting and having and growing again so that is that is why that's why the fertility cults worship ishtar tammuz that's why persephone is an extension of that that's why in this card that we're looking at here the high priestess she has pomegranates behind her above her head and she has this uh, you know like a moon on her head and she's yeah, moon yeah. at her feet she's like the sacred feminine like the moon is the feminine to the male masculine of the sun right so and in the beginning the very first shot of eyes wide shut depicts alice between the two pillars which is a depiction of this card number two on the trumps of the tarot so the two pillars that she was she was between the two pillars she was the goddess. She is the goddess that takes the place of Ishtar, does the sex ritual, and creates the fertility again. And this fertility ritual creates the babies that they use in their sex, you know, that they. So, like, Summerton is a summer, S O M M E R, ritual place, you know, where they, they, they fornicate to in unison with the growth of the sun. And so this is, this is like the oldest religion. It's like, they don't, there is like no name for this religion. It's the, you know, I guess Satanism is working on these principles and working with these images and they do these same rituals, this ancient fertility cult of Cybele, Inanna, Ishtar. It's the same sacred feminine, the whore of Babylon, it's all the same representation and the human 
victims of their of this you know the human women that they have the maidens that they use are human representations of their goddess and when they fornicate with them they are the kings of the state fornicating with the human representation of inanna ishtar and that happens right around the, the winter solstice right after like right at when the sun is being born right at the the inception of like the incarnation of the soul is going to happen at the same time as the sun being like born into existence and then you have the candle mass ritual is also inanna where the you know candle mass is uh, like the sun is a baby and it's being brought up from the underworld the underworld is where the sun resides during those death months you know and then it comes up into the the season of life this is huge deep this is like what this is what all the like a lot of the occultism is about like okay the the nature of of our of our world and the nature of us personally in our minds like that's really what the occult knowledge is you know all these symbolism of inanna and stuff is you know it helps us to understand urges and and cycles in ourself and in our world you know and that is the mostly what is occulted by catholicism and you know religion and stuff and that's why and that knowledge is hidden here in the tarot in the images so a picture is worth a thousand words you know you can teach all of this occult knowledge just by showing just by contemplating these cards and like seeing how one pillar is white and one pillar is black you know seeing how the pomegranates form a if you look to see where the pomegranates are placed yeah they form a tree of life the oh okay the yeah, Kab yeah, yeah kabbalah the kabbalistic tree of life and and how the tree of life is aligned with the spine of her body you know shows us about kundalini and the, the energies that can be accessed through this type of understanding of yourself yeah, you know? man, that's wow i didn't see like once yeah. you see it you can't unsee it that's crazy <laughs> right yeah yeah right and the pomegranate relates to meter persephone persephone is the greek version of ishtar in anna like it's kind of the same passed along like ishtar like inanna was was maria and then ishtar was babylon as like civilization grows and expands and spreads and then bell was like eastern turkey and sibylle sibylle i guess is how you pronounce it c-y-b-e-l-e -E, is another version of this goddess and she was born of you know from a mountain right and she makes her grandson maybe who is atis go crazy and castrate himself and then the blood from his castration grows flowers so that is like a fertility thing and the cybel cult also would the men would join the order and become whores too they would chop sure. off everything they would you call it a num there were numos n-u-m-m-o i guess or nullo n-u-l-l-o 
where they nullify their sex completely oh, okay. and they they remove everything and then they put a reed in the urethra so that they can still pee so it oh, doesn't okay. heal shut you know <laughs> and then they dress up as women and they dance just like the other ishtar whores and so the priests those priests are called gali anyway so that and so so the, with their rituals they are doing fertility rituals with a human person personification of ishtar and that's why alice is framed in that eight-pointed star when she first comes in the when she first comes in the party the ziggler's first party they got the the ishtar star all over the walls and like it's lit up in christmas lights and her head is framed in it and he's like alice alice and bill yeah alice yeah right there so he's, he's just he's always so focused on her right <laughs> right yes because she is she was the in person she was the human personification of their cult sex parties right. he loves her yeah look, more than he yeah. loves his wife and then if you see his wife is like the older version of her and if you look at the dress she's wearing that's what marilyn monroe wore in gentlemen prefer blondes right. and look at the diamonds around her neck exactly yeah man and we've discussed diamonds that. yeah diamonds right. girls right. best friend yes yeah so that's that's exactly like he chose his wife is one of them, you know, Helena or, you know, Alice is one of them. He's very excited to have Alice at the party because that gives him a chance to get with her again. Maybe, yeah. maybe he can, maybe he can yeah. see her. And, yeah, uh, maybe you know. see what happens. <laughs> mm -hmm, right. And then the younger version is Mandy who ends up in the bathroom, right. you know, yeah. and the even younger version is Lily Sobieski. Yeah, the even younger version is Helena. Yeah, exactly. It's all the yeah. same. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, that's and and Helena at the end of the movie, she's holding up the doll of the of Barbie, but behind her is Marilyn Monroe wearing the same dress as Ziegler's wife here. <laughs> same dress as the big number diamonds are a girl's best friend the big number of that movie the non-submersible unit of that movie is that musical number at the end when she's dancing in her pink dress and all the other women have veils over their face and the ones that aren't that aren't dancing are like part of the furniture people as furniture yes yep enslaved bound in black with their legs open yeah crazy man that's crazy it's like a yeah that and that just going back to that point of she's that version and then it's like a russian a russian uh russian doll the dolls sex slaves. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> right. right that's uh, right and they impregnate the the new version with another one that grows inside and then yeah. they can crack it open and get the new one that yeah, grows inside. Crazy, you know? yeah. Like, it's forever it's forever right the same cult of Inanna Ishtar was doing it back then. And when they would have their ritual orgies, those babies are born, they would put them in the fires of Moloch. That was their, that, I mean, they didn't have abortion back then. Now we have abortion. So abortion is the new Moloch. 
right? And then they can take all the parts and they can sell them to all the Satanists that want to use them in their science. And it's the same thing. So we have currently today, we have an ancient cult in control, which is killing our babies and making slaves of women. Kubrick is showing us that. I don't know about the killing of babies part, but stealing our babies, yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And his baby was stolen into the cult of Scientology. And I was going to mention that when you brought up the, where the rainbow ends and, and the lost family members. Yes, exactly. When you brought that up, I was just like, interesting. So exactly. I'm glad that you brought that up again. That's crazy. So here we have, after Bill goes to visit Domino, he leaves Domino because his wife, Alice calls. She's psychic. She's, she has psychic abilities. We talked about the trauma-based mind control can induce psychic abilities. You'll learn about that from Kathy O'Brien, Bryce Taylor, and Fritz Springmeier will teach you about that. The torture allows the brain to access things that the normal brain does not do, like photographic memory, like, you know, whatnot, right? So she is slightly psychic. She saved him from HIV, I guess. We'll learn about that later. Yeah. HIV was created by the cult. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. But so anyway, he leaves there and he's still got this urge in him to go exploring like the fool, right? He's the fool. He's the jerk. He's trying to, you know, go on his little adventure. So he stumbles across the Sonata Cafe and he sees outside that his friend, Nick Nightingale, is playing. And he's like, oh, yeah. So he walks into this place and he's descending down the stairs and the walls are deep red, just like the carpet, just like Malkuth, the base, the lowest level of the tree of life. And if you see, a, and the mirrors on the wall, he's descending into the mirror realm, yeah. into this place where dolls come alive, you know, where he's, he's accessing, he's accessing the occulted mirror realm, right? And he's stepping down. And if you see above his head, this, this source of light is a tesseract. I told you before about yeah, the, the square of the Tesseract. It's a prison of the mind and it's a prison of mind control. It's a prison of evil. And it's a huge symbol for Satanism. They, and the Tesseract has trapezoids, which trap the inner cube that's being extruded out. And those trapezoids are also very important symbols for them. Look up, there's the order of the trapezoid. You look yeah, at the pyramid. I have an episode actually, me and Andre's Exertus, we talk a little bit about the order of the trapezoid. So that's right. Absolutely. That's man. good. And they use mirrors in their in their rituals. And if you if you look at the back of your dollar bill, you'll see a trapezoid with the eye above it, right? right. It it's it's a symbol of Satanism. It's a you know. So the Tesseract is, and the octagon, the octagon is a two-dimensional representation of, of a four-dimensional thing, right? You, with one dimension, you have a line. Two dimensions, you have a plane. You can extrude that line out into a flat plane. And then in three dimensions, you can extrude, extrude that up into a cube. And for a fourth dimension, you extrude that out into a Tesseract. 
So it represents another realm of another dimension above ours. It also represents the mind control of, of the prison of the mind because the inner cube is forever trapped within the outer cube. So it extrudes and you think it's going to become the outer cube and nope, it's the inner cube again. If you ever see like a representation of the Tesseract, it's because it's tough to represent four dimensions in three dimensions. So they have to, it's like a moving thing. The inner cube is constantly trying to escape out to the outer cube, but it's continually kept inside. It's continually trapped by the trapezoids. It's even in the word trapezoid, you know? Right. So yeah. he's stepping down into the realm of the Tesseract, into the realm of Satanism, into the realm of mirrored reality, the opposite world, and the red, deep red of the base sexual urges, and he's willingly stepping down into it. So this is his entrance into the world that he will discover. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and Nick Nightingale is connected to his leg because he's entering down into this place. Now he meets Nick. Now it's the opening of his adventure into the place, the satanic place. Okay. Yeah. Just when you mentioned, when you mentioned like the depiction of the Tesseract, because the Avengers in or the Marvel universe, they, they, they use the Tesseract, right? So yeah, I'm just seeing yep. here. Isn't uh, it always a very evil satanic thing? Usually. The yeah, black cube. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then right. uh, I'll pull it up real quick. Uh, if you talk to Troy McLaughlin, he'll tell you about the black cube of Saturn. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yep. There you see the so Tesseract. There, you see and then in the drawing, like you said, it's like, yeah it's a cube within a cube uh, yeah <laughs> always trying to extrude itself but it keeps getting trapped within this the the external right so like it's a, it's a representation of four dimensions and if you display if you shine a shadow of it onto two-dimensional plane it is depicted as an octagon that's why the octagon is used heavily because the octagon relates to the tesseract you can learn about this from Mark Passio. Maybe if you just look up Hypercube, Mark Passio, you'll find a clip of him describing it. Very satanic imagery. And Kubrick knows this stuff. Kubrick read, reads about these symbolism. Francis King wrote the book. And Francis King is a, a cult author that was highly regarded, an English occult author. And we know that from Kubrick's boxes. Of what Maybe not in the film, but it's there. The book is there. It's a big book, very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. yeah. Anyway, that big book describes all the things I'm talking about. Ishtar, Inanna, pomegranates, all the, you know, the fertility cults, all that stuff there. And all the symbolism too. That's why I like watching those documentary. I, I like any, any, anything that has anything to do with Kubrick and his movie <laughs> you, you, there's clues right anyway yeah. just like you said it's right. it's you're watching the, the Henry Kubrick's boxes and you just see a quick thing of oh he owned that book ah okay right. then you can yeah. you know so it's all it's all you just got to take whatever clues you can that are still around so right. that's that's interesting that's right. and like his life was you know his life 
it is a way to uncover what he's trying to say. You know, if he's thinking about things and he's doing things in his life, that is a clue to exactly, what, man. you know, what his art is, you know, because all of the things that he's studying, he's, he's percolating them into his art. You know, it bubbles out. Like he's trying to figure, he's trying to understand the full aspects of a thing. And so, like, when he was studying for this Napoleon movie, he was just studying forever and ever. Yeah, and they, they <laughs> made know? the freaking book about, it's like right, the, the biggest book about a movie that's never been made. It's crazy. Right, I, I would like to get that book. Me too. Yeah, yeah. at least the I, PDF. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to, yeah, there's, I, I'd love to get the original version too, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's crazy. So, I mean, that's his method, and any good artist will do so. We'll understand all the symbolism and all of the, the roots of all the symbolism and understand, then you can use it as, as a way of, of telling your story. Like, you know, these movies are not everything is dialogue. If it was all dialogue, then they could be cut and manipulated. If it's in the frame, then it's there. Like, you know, you see it and you learn from a different part of your mind. Your right brain gets it. Your sub, your artistic mind gets it anyway. Yeah. That's such a a good point, Sean, that, that he uses just his use of, stuff other than words so that to avoid that that opportunity for it to be right. manipulated that's great man right. it's great that's right and that's why the billiard scene in the end he's got the paintings there and he says i'm not going to tell you who they are yeah but he's showing you who they yeah. are you know but you got to have eyes to see and yeah, you got to exactly. exactly you know you got to clue into these things like when Sandor Zavos says, you know, hey, look at the paintings. Yeah. I got friends in the art game. It's a game, you know, play along. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. And, you know, somebody that has the contemplative mind can pick up on this stuff. Somebody that's not, that's allowing for the symbolism to influence their understanding of the film instead of just zooming in on what's important, like whatever Michael Bay does, like, yeah, it's you know opening it up to be to getting the full aspect of what what is actually happening because that's what real life is all about. Like everything, every little thing around you has a story of how it became and how the minds of the people that created it, and you know that might have information that can be relayed through a photograph. You know, and so it's very. It's another language, photography. It's great. Anyway, so he's speaking to Nick Nightingale and Delio is the password, right? And to be, to have fidelity is the way to pass through your marriage unscathed, I guess. It's a little for the, for the exoteric, but Fidelio is the, it's, it's a Beethoven opera. And he even says it's a Beethoven opera. Yeah. So we know Beethoven plays heavily in Clockwork Orange. Yeah. So Ludwig van is is used in the MK Ultra of the the method. I forget the method that they use of trauma based mind control that they do to Alex in Clockwork Orange. So 
that immediately makes the viewers think about, oh yeah, Clockwork Orange. And that prompts us for later, there is a billiard room scene in Clockwork Orange. And I guess we'll get to that later. Sure. Right? We'll talk about it when we get to the Eyes Wide Shut billiard room scene. Cool. So Fidelio, the story of Fidelio is there's, a, there's an anarchist named Floristan who is held as a political prisoner and he's not supposed to be there and his captors hate him and there's going to be an audit of the prison and they're going to check to see who is there and what and the captors are scared because they're not supposed to have Floristan in their prison right. but they do and in order to keep it a secret they're going to kill him and Floristan's wife, Leon, Leonora, I forget Floristan's wife's name. Anyway, she disguises herself as a man and gets hired as a prison guard at the prison where her husband is being held. And she descends into the underworld to save Floristan and free him from the underworld. This relates to Inanna Ishtar, just like Tammuz is freed every year from the underworld with the fertility ritual right so that relates to summerton and relates to the magic carpet where he's going so delio is the name of the name that the wife uses she calls herself fidelio and okay. that's the name of the character the, the name of her her disguise when she's in the prison freeing floristan so that also relates to Mandy freeing Bill during the ritual, which we're going to see later. Exactly, man. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy how it just all, it all connects and then interconnects and yeah. then other interconnects. To wow. other movies too. Yeah. yeah, man. It's wild. Right. So Nick Nightingale tells Bill that he's going to need a mask, a tux, and a cloak in order to even go to this party. And Bill thinks, oh, I know where I can get one of those. And here he's arriving in a taxi and you see the place rainbow is related to SRA programming. And it relates to earlier the, where the rainbow ends. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but rainbow programming, like rainbow, rainbow is a symbol used to trigger certain victims to do okay. certain things, just like diamonds are a trigger for you know, whatever the diamonds represent the presidential model sex slaves, you know, and rubies are the, are the occult priestesses and the emeralds or maybe the emeralds are the priestesses, the ones that do the, the rituals and stuff. But anyway, it's all broken down into this hierarchical structure and they have symbols which relate and rainbow is used. Okay. So when when the the LGBT programming is laid upon society, all of the people in society which are programmed with this rainbow programming see those triggers and they get triggered into yeah. their altars, right? So also Wizard of Oz is a common SRA framework where the yellow brick road and all of the adventures on that yellow brick road is like the internal structure of the altars of the victim. 
and the victim has like there's the lion and the, there's so Dorothy has many many with her right that share her adventure with her and Toto is like her spirit and her like there's a lot going on with Wizard of Oz like, but uh, very occult but they use Wizard of Oz which was written by Frank Baum which was one of the members of the cult just like they use the Alice in Wonderland written by Lewis Carroll Carroll Carol, yeah <laughs> yeah I call him Carol Carroll because Nabokov the writer of Lolita called Lewis Carroll the first Humbert Humbert and he called him Carol Carroll so Lewis Carroll was his real name was Charles Dodgson and he was an infamous pedophile who would take photographs of naked children and Alice was the little sister of one of his victims that he was a teacher at Oxford and he raped the daughter of the president of Oxford and he got kicked out of his teaching job. He was writing books and these books are used to groom baby children like Wizard of Oz and, you know, these type of the, you know, Alice in Wonderland have certain lines in the book will be bold print for you to say them a certain way to the child. And that cadence creates, will induce dissociative reactions and make them fall into trance and, and bring up altars when the baby is being ritually tortured. They'll say certain things so that those words are used to bring up that altar and to, you know, like a Manchurian candidate, like they'll, they call him on the phone and they say a string of words and that act that activates yeah. his other altar. Same way, same thing. This is how they do it. So anyway, rainbow is related to that type of programming. And we see number 10 on, on the black, the white numbers, number 10. I think that relates to the British number 10 of 10 Downing Street or whatever. And the, we can see there's a bunch of mannequins dressed up at number 10 that are fronts for the cult, you know? They're just empty vessels, golems that wear a suit, you know? And, they, and they're over the rainbow, just like the Wizard of Oz. And, you know, going over the rainbow is a term used when when the baby is being victimized, the soul pops out, dissociation happens, the body goes limp, and the consciousness jumps out of the body to save itself from the trauma that's happening. That's why they use trauma. That's trauma is a, is a tool for mind control. Not only are they psychopaths and like it, but they do this for a purpose, you know, to create these altars, to create total slaves. You know, going over the rainbow is a trigger term that people that know about SRA will know what is happening. Over the rainbow is where the soul goes, and under the rainbow is where all the rape is happening. And if you go to the next scene, we'll see that there's the store below rainbow fashions is called under the rainbow. Yeah. And if you see the O of rainbow, is a spiral and people that understand pedophile symbolism know that the spiral is used the spiral triangle they call it a spirangle yes represents male man boy love like nambla and the spiral heart represents girl love young girl love and so the spiral is a trigger to pedophiles like it shows them hey guys here we are, 
you know? And so pedophiles walking on the streets will see that sign and know, oh, they got some victims in there. Yeah. I can go buy some, I can go buy some underage sex there. That's what this place is. It's a whorehouse for children. And we're going to learn more about that. So he's buzzing the door. And like I said earlier about how there, everything is one hour apart. If we see, maybe I might've captured the, the next slide. He speaks on the, on, he buzzes. And the moment that he's buzzing, when the answer comes from Millich, that is exactly one hour from when Bill is putting a garment on Alice and he's asking, what's the babysitter's name? Okay. So the garment store, Millich, is the babysitter. After Helena is stolen, he is in charge of breaking them in. He uses them as child whores. And then when they get older, they're going to be models and, you know, whores for the cult, you know, older whores. <laughs> so this is more information that we can learn by skipping one hour. That one hour thing is a key for understanding more information about this film. So if you skip back one hour from here is the moment that we see Helena, you know, and is the moment when he's like, when he's putting the garment on and he says, who is the babysitter? Even though she just said the numbers are on the thing for Roz, they're on yeah, the fridge for Roz. Name. She even told him the name, said but the he's name. so oblivious. Right. So this is at two hours or two minutes exactly. And he's asking, what's the babysitter's name? He's wrapping her in a garment overcoat. And that's what he's going to rent at this place. And he's wearing a tuxedo. Like, so this is relating to the garment store. And, it, and, he, and who is the babysitter? If you skip ahead one hour and two minutes, you'll see eh, the buzzer. How could I help you? What's, it's Millich is Millich. the guy that's going to be taking Helena, who's going to be in charge of Helena. That's crazy, man. Right. And you see the phone books. Like, look at all those phone books. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the name of the buzzing, the phone book. That's interesting. I never really noticed that. But yeah. So anyway, we have the Eros neon sign above. And the diner right there is Gillespie's diner right next to, yeah. you know, he just took a taxi from across the street. Really weird. And, but anyway, and we see in the, when Millich comes out from, from his door, yes, diner is reflected and it's pointing at his crotch. It's like really nasty. And he's like closing his robe. Yeah. And, right. He's all, all greasy. Yeah. yeah greasy. And he's yeah. behind all the glass and that is like one hour from when Bill and Alice are walking between the glass displays of Ziegler's first party. When they're walking into the party, okay. they're walking through glass. And just like Millich is walking through glass to get to the door. And it's, it's interesting how these, these kind of visual elements will repeat. And he uses them like that. Yeah, man. So he's acting like an FBI guy. Look yeah. at my, I'm one of the good guys. I have yeah. certified, I've got a blue check mark, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I got the blue check mark, man. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
and so like millage like okay and but really it's money that gets him access like he gets two hundred dollars from there right right so moving on from there we have this buzzing noise and because this huge security why is there this much security at a garment store what kind of criminal is gonna break into a garment store and this cage yeah. like they walk into a cage i know that's what like look there is an there is a cage further on we're gonna see that also traps the customers right and you see there's the top hat like top hat relates to the people that live where the rainbow ends in new york yep. the, you know the rich i forget where in the hamptons or something but there's a, there's a road they used to call where the rainbow ends oh. i don't know if i talked about that but where like all the you know the jp morgan and like all the asters and the rich people live down this road and like because there's so much money it's like a pot of gold so it's the the higher class you know and they would wear top hats you know just like in the window there so anyway there's this cage and this "Ah, ah, ah," security and he's got to disarm this security and he's like oh yeah you can never be too careful (laughs) yeah i love that (laughs) it's a big red flag right there what kind of store is this now we see the dragonfly, dragonfly lantern, yeah. and he he needs a toque, a tux, a cloak, a hood, and a mask. And Millich knows what he's talking about. Millich knows what night it is. Tonight's the big party. He works for them. Right. You know, he's he like, oh yeah, I think I can help you, and brings him backstage. You can see in his face he recognizes exactly what he's, he's like. Yeah, what color are you sure you don't want to? And so you see the the lights are the same as the lights up the stairs. And these are, he says, looks like alive, huh? Just like the nutcracker has living dolls. That's what this is. This is the realm where there's living dolls. And that gentleman there, the model is wearing a mask, like a Zorro mask. Yeah, yes. You know, like yeah. a masquerade. Like these people are going to a masquerade, well, these mannequins or whatever. And so the looks like alive relates to the nutcracker, relates to where Bill is going next. Bill's next stop is this ritual space where the people wearing cloaks and having plaster masks look like living dolls. They got a doll face and they walk around and they're alive. So when Helena is under the influence of this dream state you know they'll drug the kids they'll you know bring them to this place and while they're being raped so that they think it's a dream they'll you know it's these masked individuals are raping them it's not they're just like in the book like and you know like the nutcracker so she's helena is being programmed with nutcracker programming you know Many types of programming, like I said, there's Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland. There's also like there's alien programming. There's, you know, Kabbalah Tree of Life programming. There, you know, the way that they structure the, the altars, there has to be a map so that the people who own the slave can access them properly because right. it needs to be organized properly so that they can 
access them. So it's easier for the controllers to remember and use these lines that are from the book, like, you know, where the rainbow ends and they say it weird when they're reading the story. And then that like triggers the mind of the victim to go into a state of dissociation where they can be touched on and raped on by the person reading the story to them. Right. Like Charles Dodgson, who wrote the story for pedophiles to rape children. He wrote the story as, you know, for little kids to sit on his lap. And when he talks about like, you know, whatever, he can tickle them a certain way. He can like grab them, you know, do things to them. You know, it's, you know, like Santa Claus at the, at the mall. <laughs> like it's just, right. it's sick. It's just sick. So anyway, that's why they create these stories created by pedophiles. You know, and then these stories are used by pedophilia, pedophiles in the future who revere Charles Dodgson. They think he's great. Right. And he created this work of art that they can use to help rape children. <laughs> it's sick. So the Nutcracker, like we talked about earlier, is the first ballet which has children. And the nature of a ballet having children, you got to have little kids backstage you know, and you got and the producers of this thing can have access to children every year at Christmas. So anyway, that's crazy. <laughs> that relates to the Nutcracker. Yeah. Another work that I think did a good job when just when you mentioned how they, they put the masks on and just make it seem like a dream and just like a if the kid ever tells a story, it's just a, it sounds like a ridiculous story is the first season of True Detective. Oh yeah, they do a great job of that. Yeah, that whole season is just packed with freaking occult stuff. But like they they have that right. exact thing going on where they're churning in children, and it's they're mixed up with the elite and the church right. and politicians. And yeah, that's about the same thing. So, and the uh, horn god of Hern Cernernos, Cernunos, and the spiral on the yeah, back exactly, of the victim man. yeah it's well, all there dude yeah rust he does the all the research right and that's before it's right. like really well known so everyone's looking at him they think he's he's fucking nuts which i mean he's a character but he's done this research that you have to be a character to look to look into the abyss like this yeah it changes you it, cha it yeah. makes you you get black pilled you know i'm the same way i'm no longer i'm like ooh ah i'm like yep Exactly. Satanism yeah. again. Look at oh, they're killing us again. Look, there it is. you know, yeah, <laughs> you know, eugenics. Oh, yep, more of that. <laughs> oh, slavery. Yep, mental slavery, eugenics, killing us. Like same thing. It's human ownership. It's the negation of free will. It's Satanism. Like God gave us free will. That's what we need to use to stay free. And you always have a choice to say no. <laughs> Most important shit right there. So they occult that and they make you say yes. They make, they scare you into saying yes, just like the vax and all that. They, they scare you into doing it. You do it to yourself with your own free will, because this is a free will universe. That's what the magic is, is to get you to consent with your own free will. And to a Satanist, if you allow it, then you consent to it. Consented, yeah. So that is the law. A slave will serve, you know, Crowley talked about it. So anyway, this, this rainbow, 
and we see again in neon lights yeah. rainbow what and you see the the woman looking the mannequin is looking into that room and she yeah. has many hats many hats above her like yeah many things to wear on her head and if you look in the room it's a glass room glass walls which is significant if you look there are many heads with wigs right like behind Milich's hands yeah in between them so there's that is a representation of multiple personality Okay. You know, many wigs, many hats to be worn, like an actor has, plays many roles, you know, just like a person who's dissociative has many, many altars, right? Yeah. So he's, you know, okay, they're doing their exchange. So now he's in the room and he says, what is this? And he's looking at the table is cheese pizza and uh, by his other hand are these multiple heads and he's there's a nightgown on the red deep red sofa just like the red that mandy was on just like the red of the red carpet and we see that on the table kubrick is telling us that this is cheese pizza yeah Cheese pizza is CP, child porn. Cheese pizza is a term that they used when they're talking about pedophilia. That's right. Presidents and politicians and those kinds of right. things. Yeah, pizza <laughs> and hot dogs. Exactly. Sick. So, you know, in the next slide here, we'll see Lily Lily's covering herself up and those men, they're Asians and they're wearing makeup like they're doing a sex game where they transgender themselves. Oh, okay. And, and uh, he's yelling and he says, young lady, this is my daughter. Can't you see she's a child? And they're like, huh? <laughs> we thought this was cool. What do you mean? Right. And then she is like, oh, you know, and she runs out and you can see there's also a stack of telephone booths phone right book. there. And yeah. <laughs> yes. Telephone books. Yeah. So anyway, that that's probably something this I just noticed that today. So she runs out of the room and they say the young lady invited us here. And that's her job. She it's a honeypot. She exactly. She gets them ensnared in this glass room <laughs> and she runs behind him and she's in still in horror mode. So she's like, Oh, well, yeah. Hey, yeah, dude, yeah. I'll give it to you now, you know, <laughs> yeah. whatever. And, you know, because that's her job. She is a, a, a whore, you know, she's got makeup like a whore or whatever. She's being used as a honey trap. And now you see they want to get out of there. And there, look at there's two big locks on the outside of yeah, the man. door. <laughs> on the outside of the door. This room is built to trap people. And there's glass so that all of everyone can see who's trapped. Yeah. This is a blackmail situation. And this is what the young 
the young women of the cult are used to blackmail that's what epstein was doing this is it's this is how government power is created and how this guy is able to extort money out of them and whatever else he chooses to he could have a video camera recording it all and have it on file it could be directed by roman polanski (laughs) you know like this this is how the cult works they ensnare people into evil situations and they use it as leverage that's what scientology does with the e-meters yes they get they get all of your secrets that's what the catholic church does with the 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 confessional booth and they groom the kids you know kids take confessional from seven years old you know it's pretty sick and so this room here is the trap to to create power for the cult millich works for the cult yeah gain leverage earn assets yep for sure if you want to learn more about that listeners read political ponerology p-o-n-e-r-o-l-o-g-y and that is teaching the the truth about the cacistocracy that the the hierarchical structure naturally creates a an obedience structure of evil the most evil psychopaths gravitate towards the top of the structure of hierarchy and they use blackmail and evil to keep their power in place money is like money is like monopoly money to them it's just a means to an end to play the game of life what they really deal in is children and blackmail and blood torture adrenochrome this is that's the nature of the the truth of the the cult the oldest cult that would sacrifice children to the fires of Molar, and it's still happening today. So Anna Ishtar was the goddess of political power. And she was the goddess of carnal lust. This is connected here. There it is, yes. Same way. So that's why Ishtar is their big goddess. It's why the politics is their big arena. You know, it's all magic. Wow. This is great. This is fun. Because like, I don't ever talk about this stuff on my show. Like I'll talk about the movie and it's fun to like, do you give me the, like, you give me the time and space to just yeah, man. talk it all out. It's really, yeah. Good. I mean, if Thank we, like, if we, if, 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 if we only get through one scene in one part, it doesn't matter, man. <laughs> That's like, fine. Obviously, That's fine. we've got the yeah. content, so it's worth right. listening to, right? So I don't yeah. care how yeah. long it takes. Take as much time as you need because that's that's great. It's worth saying. So that's how much it's uh, that's how much how many layers of the onion. Yeah, man. And that's like, and then even say. now, yeah. with this space of being able to contemplate, I'm able to see the telephone books. Like I didn't see that. Yeah, before. yeah, exactly. So and millage now you'll pay. It relates exactly to that point. 
who's the babysitter? Like, it's and she says, I wonder because I, I, I don't know if it's anything. I always, I, I've, I may have mentioned mm-hmm. it once, but I always think when she says, did we give Roz the phone and pager numbers? It sounds like, oh. did, we, did we give her the phony pager numbers? The phony? But the phone book, the phone book has numbers phone numbers okay. and there's so see, so there there's something yeah, there, we got three yeah. dots already so there's, yeah. you never know right so yeah yeah it goes deep bro interesting deep. this is fun can the we best uh, part about a photograph you could put everything in there yeah know? and and just going back to your point it's it's harder if not impossible for them them being like the big wigs or the execs or whatever to manipulate it and ruin it right so yes because it's in the image and not yeah, in the dialogue like how, how much are you really gonna f- screw with it to right you know what I mean? because he had they they had all this promotion they had to release a film they had yeah. to release it yeah you know and it's the first film that they supposedly <laughs> kubrick well wasn't there for he they might have cut it I don't know if they Honestly, did. I don't think they did. Possible. Like, uh, there's a lot. Yeah, of- I guess it's possible. I will agree that it is possible. I, I, yeah, and when it comes to that, I don't believe it though. I mean, if you I, listen to Jan, Jan, what's his name? Harlan. Yeah. Yeah, he very vehemently denies. <laughs> I mean, they only cut like a couple scenes of the nudity. Right. Um, just like not even a minute or whatever. You just gotta. So, you, I mean, I mean, <laughs> It is a long film. I mean, you add another gotta, 20 minutes to that, that'd be like, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's like, true. wow. That's true. But anyway, and plus the fact that it synchronizes with itself at one hour intervals. Right. Proves so, to me that, I mean, if you, the only thing, it would have to be cut at the very end. I was just going like, to say, it would have to be cut in before, outside of, outside of that like realm within the movie of where things, chronological line up. match up right but they they match up in one hour intervals all the way to the end okay like so, if you if you pause at pretty much any point and skip ahead an hour and or behind an hour it'll it'll relate to what you're looking at connection yeah. it's not just because it's the same movie but because of what is being expressed in the frame like just before you skip it's like great. it's all like like we showed Mandy on the in the bathroom relates to Mandy kissing his mask relates to yep. talking about Mandy in the billiard room it's all one hour bing bing so I think Kubrick did that to prove that it wasn't cut because people like us are going to be like is this the whole movie you know the inquisitive minds the critical thinkers are going to be like they did kill him I mean and they do own the you know Warner his- Brothers owns the 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 final you know anyway because if there's one thing we know about kubrick i I think it's fair to say that we know that he thinks and he thinks ahead and absolutely that could be his way of uh, encoding like a form of proof to say like hey guys if they fucked with it here's how you guys can find out whether or not they fucked with it yeah that's a great exactly. that's you know what I mean? like, it's like a, a it's a key that is a key absolutely that's that's great that's great stuff that's a good point <laughs> that makes me that makes me lean in one direction a lot more for sure yeah yeah i mean logically in my the, my thinking 
makes me think it wasn't. I mean, unless they cut the very, very end. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but anyway, we'll get to the end. So let's go to the next one. Ermine is mink. It's like, uh, it's a type of small animal. And in the, in the winter, it has white with like a little black dot on its tail. And if you look at all the royal garments, there'll be this white fluffy. Yeah, there is an ermine, right? That's ermines. It's like, you see the white the, with the black tail? A little bit of a ta- black yeah. tail, yeah, man. Yeah. So that is what they would use for royalty and peerage. See, look at the cloak. The cloaks have ermine on the inside. It's that fuzzy and the little black dots yep. are from the tail. That's how it's fur. See wow. how they're making that? Look at that, okay. man. The tail. Exactly. Oh, jeez, man. Yeah. Crazy. It's gross. Yeah. Yeah. So the royalty and the peerage of royalty has ermine look at the, her crown has it got it in the crown oh and her yeah she's right. got going and on. her robe yeah yeah that evil bitch yeah fucking yeah good. and she's got the globe and the scepter like just like <laughs> egypt like she has it all fucking anyway yeah. yeah right so anyway we have lily sobleski is telling him he needs a cloak lined with ermine because <laughs> because it is royal peerage it is people that have royal bloodlines, either that or work for the royal family peerage. And so, think, uh, also, oh, sorry. No, you're good. Talk. I was just, I was just wanted to like slip it in there. I'm pretty sure that you don't like you. You can't actually hear her say it. Like I think you can crank the volume, and it's it's a subtitle thing. You have to have this going, right? Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's true. Yeah, so which is interesting. You have to have the, the only the subtitles that give you this information. You can't really. It's just a whisper. You That's can't. an interesting, like, uh, yeah. So, like in the theater, it wasn't exactly couldn't hear it. Exactly. Yeah. So makes me wonder. Yeah. But when they buy the DVD, they got the subtitle and right the there. subtitles yeah. on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, for the next time they watch for like yeah. the second viewing, you know. Yeah. Exactly. It's- and he's just blank, like, duh, like. Yeah. Just, I like the face after oh, after man. he returns the freaking his rental, yeah. you know, right. not even not a costume. His face like that needn't be a costume. He's like through his nose and his uh, face. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. And his one in his in his mono tooth in the front. He's got <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> sick. He's, yeah. he's got like one. The one main tooth is in the middle, right under the. If you look it up, Tom Cruise's tooth. But we don't need to go there. But is it okay? We'll it's, do. We'll it's do the, weird we'll do and the, gross. His um, face is weird. Like yeah. anyway, wow. he's got like one big tooth in the middle, and then like it, like we have two. He's got one. It's like moved sideways and it's bigger. It's really weird. It's anyway. We don't need to talk about that. So <laughs> she's telling him that like she knows where he's going. Yeah, exactly. She's, Just yeah. like Milich does. She knows why what he's doing. And she's like, she's all over him because she's like, yeah, you're, you know, you're part of the club. Huh? Yeah, exactly. You know, and she's still he's probably going to end up, she's probably, you know, she's advertising, trying to get his, you know, attention and get his fornication and whatnot. You know what I mean? Like she's trained to get this out of that kind of person. Yeah. And 
he's there like she knows <laughs> so this is the cult was was nick nightingale meant to tell him right was he meant to go down this path like that's that's a question was it, a, was it a, is this all a test like more of that is he exactly. a rat is he a rat in the maze right now trying to are, you know yeah. what I mean? and obviously yeah. fails and, and ermine is a rat <laughs> it's <laughs> like a it's a weasel, yeah, ermine you know? it's in like a maze. A, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah for real so like He's going to be going to this place where the people are dolls that are alive and they also have the cloak, the cloaks that are made for royalty and the peerage of royalty, the, right. the knights and, the, you know, earls and dukes and that type of stuff. Okay. So and he doesn't there. do that though, right? He just gets a typical black one, I think. So I wonder. Yeah, he gets it. I mean, who knows if it's lined? I guess it's. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, but there. I mean, yeah. In any case, he he's given that piece of knowledge. Like. Yeah. Like, maybe if hey. maybe if he didn't show up in a taxi. And yeah, exactly. Like the, the ermine could thing. be like uh, like she could be like oh he goes to these parties like the ermine could be like just a little tip like you know oh, if you wear the ermine you know you get you know the bartender right. gives you a free drink or something you know so like it could or like a smaller detail. or it could be a trigger for somebody who it could be one of those terms like where oh. the rainbow ends yeah you know or a fellow traveler or whatever you know it could be one of those terms like she's yeah. telling him hey whatever exactly and like you know they have certain insignias that they wear to show their level of you know maybe she knows he's infiltrating i don't know like it's it's kind of an open that's true subjective yeah. question but she does know where he's going yeah. she does tell that's, him that's for that sure. it is yeah. it is high up on the hierarchy yeah of the english royal peerage royalty of, of europe right and now we're in the boom naval officer which we there's a naval officer if you look at the star on his lapel it's upside down ah. damn yeah and so she's you know she's his victim and he's dominating over her like like he's over her like like a dog dominating its bitch like right um, yep. you know the back of her neck like he's the predator but also he's wearing a naval costume and one of the young boys of the book that wrote on the red carpet in where the rainbow ends okay wanted to grow up to be a naval officer so that's related to that book too. So, but mainly Scientology. She's in the clutches of yeah. Scientology. He represents Elron and the cult. Yeah, I think and piece there. she literally, Nicole Kidman at that time was under their grasp <laughs> right. like this. And who knows who she works for now? She's telling people to eat bugs. It's oh, it's messed up. She, that's her new campaign with her plastic face. She's all 
plastic surgery disaster yeah yeah she's sad she's she's pristine and amazing in this film she's captured forever is that in my mind i'll think of her as that yeah but i see her nowadays it's like oh why do hollywood why can't they just let themselves age just gracefully it's yeah. really yeah, yeah right don't it's do sad. it how they used to be back in the day like there was there was honor and an agent through a successful career in hollywood it seems they they want to stay in the maiden yeah they're too they're, they don't want to be a crone like look at madonna she's she's a crone yeah you know but she thinks she's a maiden with her legs open like that eh, look at it. she's got licorice twizzler arms and she's like Rawr, you know like doing these darker color rituals with these, you know anyway we don't need to talk about her but she's another one of the cult just like the rest of them who is like created to be a sex slave who was used in the hollywood entertainment was used to promote satanism amongst the youth of of you know the masses yeah more of the same uh, like yeah. you know look up look at dave mcgowan or look at like look yeah. at the, the mark devlin for real like he'll tell you about oh yeah Satanism yeah and, man his musical you know. truth books for sure dog yeah yeah for real yeah absolutely and he knows and he's very astute with kubrick as well and he's a big fan of kubrick i've, I've talked about this on his show a long time ago talking about lolita and eyes wide shut how they relate nice yeah nice. yeah troy troy was i think he was talking about that when you were on as well but that was one thing that he was making a lot of connections with those those two movies right yes and lolita is like when they take somebody from society like lolita's mom was used as a whore by quilty and then lolita's daughter is used as a whore by quilty Quilty's wife is a dark magician. He works in Hollywood. He writes the play and he's doing a play at a kid's high school. Right. That's sad. Why is Hollywood dealing with kids, you know? And then they had Samiramis in the play, like taking like taking a horn off of the 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 dude and like the goat and like bringing him down into the underworld, like Tammuz. This whole story is like lolita is telling that too so like kathy o'brien was from low class was just a regular victim of incest pedophile and was taken into they also take because they take from the public to be used also and depending on how well they're able to be programmed they place them where they're where they're most useful to the cult so lolita is a low class yeah. daughter of another victim of quilty and quilty preys on the next generation of his victim and like takes her to use her in pornography and use her as a as a sex slave you know and this other pedophile humbert humbert is like trying to steal her away from quilty's trying to steal her it's like it's pretty deep and it but it shows another aspect of this phenomenon that we see in eyes wide shut so they're highly related especially with like i said with the paintings and the portrait being on the the cat beast and yes the uh, cat beast of the lion the stuffed lion you know it's of eyes wide shut 
it's all connected. And Kubrick does that with many of his other movies. Yes. So it's great. How... Absolutely. So that's uh, Summerton is the name of this place. So like the midsummer rituals of the of the the Eastern European well the, the European fertility cults, pre-Christian pagan cults. Okay. Most of that is related to Inanna Ishtar. Same. It's just a later rendition of the same thing. That's why, and it's written in the tarot, same thing. So, those these gates are are blue. Yeah, like I and, said, remember I mentioned to you about all the blue the blue doors. That's right. Yeah. So the these gentlemen are watching the taxi come up. Yeah, you know, I love it. <laughs> and there's like the uh, the surveillance camera there is yeah. invisible. They're like, what's so, this? What's who took a taxi? <laughs> right. Yeah. So this building is Metmore Towers. It was built by the Rothschild family in like the 1800s. I forget who it was sold to, but it was used as the first portrait gallery ever. So it is a portrait gallery. <laughs> and portraits are a part of the art game that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, man. Jesus, right. that's crazy. This is the same building that they used to film the exterior of the Polanski one there, Ninth Gate. Oh, Ninth Gate, yeah. Same exterior shots of the same okay. building. And both of those movies were released in 99. Yeah, I think we've talked about it, but you and William have mentioned that a lot of interesting occultic movies going on in 99. Yes, yes, that's right. So here we have the knocker on the door is a green man like Sir Nunos and like the green man of the Celtic religion is the same as the horned god Sir Nunos is the same as Pan, the goat god of ancient Greek. It's the same wild sexual nature, god of fertility, like always has an erection and he has nymphs around. Like So yeah, that's Pan. So that's like a druidic depiction of Pan on the door and he's stepping up into he's entering the door of the Rothschild house which is no longer a Rothschild house so people say it's debunked it's not a Rothschild house right. it was built by Rothschild yeah Rothschild well, do built the re it. again do the research do the reading right you'll know right. Rothschild <laughs> built it yeah right whoever owns it now doesn't matter yeah, it's a Rothschild point. house exactly so vice can say whatever they want they can suck an egg because they're, you know, disinfo working for the cult. I hate exactly. that place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he enters in. Now the red carpet. And you can see the statues are people. The furniture is people. Yes. And the chandelier of the furniture relates to the end scene of gentlemen prefer blondes where there's women in the chandelier that are bound in black as slaves so this is a place that covets the slavery of women and the woman holding the torch is another depiction of the goddess ishtar samiramis like the statue of liberty is a depiction of samiramis yeah. okay wow statue of liberty is pregnant too <laughs> okay yeah yeah 
So here he enters the ritual space. So we see the red carpet, it's highlighted. The light creates a circle and the women are on the outside of that circle. And the, the red cloak priest character is carrying a thurible, which is an incest wafting device, incest, in, incent, <laughs> incense wafting device. And it's got, they'll put like frankincense or myrrh or whatever on a hot coal. And it like slowly burns and that's, they wave it around to get it to waft the air through it. And this is used for sanctifying the space of a ritual. It's used in ceremonial magic as well as Catholic mass. So he's walking in a counterclockwise around the circle. That's significant. That represents the left-hand path. It's called Wittershins. That's the Scottish term for it. And he's casting the circle counterclockwise. Wittershins is against nature. So to go diocil is to go clockwise. The reason clockwise goes clockwise is because a sundial, the shadow moves like right to the right of the top of the circle goes to the right, okay. like righty tighty, you know, like the way a clock moves, right? That's how the shadow of a sundial works. So the sun works in that fashion. So nature works in a clockwise fashion. The wheel of life is turning in a clockwise to the right. So if you as a ceremonial magician are circumnambulating the altar of your sanctified like ritual space, you would you would walk in a clockwise fashion and that would keep your altar on the right hand your right side okay. your altar would always be on there and you're going around so that you're always having the altar to the right so that's the right hand path and to go wittershins is to go counterclockwise around to cast your circle counterclockwise around your altar and in so doing you would be putting your altar on the left hand that's the left hand path is to walk against nature and against time, against the forward progress of nature. And that's what they're doing. This butterfly net ritual is working against nature where a natural insemination of a soul works a certain way, but they are calling down souls back into the, these new bodies, which is keeping them from going towards the light and being free like they're ensnaring those that they have just murdered in the past since the last ritual or at least that's my best guess <laughs> and the listeners are probably like this guy's crazy but no, anyway no. Fair enough. so the so they're in this circle he's sanctifying them with this this smoke and he's working wittershins in a left-hand path fashion that's so this is not a positive right ritual it's not like what the, well, yeah, it's not a positive ritual. It's they're working against nature, okay. which in essence is satanic. Okay. And so they are, he's sanctifying them, allowing them to be in this space, to be in the circle and they're kneeling and they genuflect. So all of them genuflect. It's like they are, they're within this cone of light and above the cone is where they're focusing. The tip, the tip of the cone is like the focus of their energies. Okay. So this, the tip of the cone is where the non-corporeal entities or souls or whatnot 
have what have you are entering from and viewing them so they are greeting the souls that they are in, enticing into the cone right so they are they this is everybody greeting the energies that they are working with right so next next slide we hear the music now he's blinded right and the music that they're playing is a romanian chant played backwards so backmasking is a form of wittershins it's working against ah. nature and it's working against the way that it's supposed to be right and so like you'll listen to stairway to heaven backwards yeah, and you'll yeah, hear yeah. Like different things you know so what this chant is about keeping a place sacred for for god basically so the opposite of that is to, to banish god basically from this space so that they have power over it right, right? i've i've got it in my notes somewhere what it is it's a jocelyn pook p-o-o-k that did the song and she used the romanian chant that i got the lyrics from okay i said it in my own podcast it's here in my notes somewhere but i got like three or four notebooks i don't okay, really dig for it that's the gist of what it says the romanian chant okay. and it's played backwards so that in itself is wittershins and when they're when they're kneeling and when they're on their knees, like it looks like it's a bunch of children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> so they, they stand up. Okay. So they stand up after he taps his cane, staff or whatnot, magic wand, right? And uh, then they go to disrobe. They grab their their robes and they go ahead and click to the next one and there's people up on the balcony watching so they disrobe and they show the their bodies to the non-corporeal spirits they're like saying they're greeting them and they're saying this is the vessel which will like in which will house your body when you incorporate into flesh right so the souls get to choose which of the mother they want to go with, you know. And so everybody's watching the naked bodies, right? We see the masks. And one of those masks, the one with the the lip like that, yep. much like the tricorn hat lip. Yes. Yes. That relates to some other things and I've seen that relate to masks used in other Okay. Other stuff. I don't I haven't gone down that rabbit hole yet. Okay. That relates That's to something, something I want to so, look into because they, yeah, look into that. You, yeah, because yeah, the the guy Tricorn Hat has one when when they when Bill gets confronted later, the two guards or guys oh, right. with, with red cloak, they have that. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, so the thurible is blessing the kiss right so they kiss in witter shins from one to the next it's going around the circle counterclockwise with the kiss now okay. so this kiss is like related to the ritual and he's sanctifying the kiss and he's bringing that the same kiss to each one bing 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 it's like they're all consenting to it okay. right and the way that it's framed is every time the masks touch the smoke is like directly behind 
where the contact of the touch of the of the masks. Okay. And then here we have the nod from the tricorn hat. Yeah. So he's up on the balcony and he notices a new mask down there. Who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> right? Because they're used to these masks. They know everybody's face. Yeah, and... yeah. So he tips his hat. Like he nods his head and that makes you focus on his hat. Right. And his hat having three points. It's tricorn hat, which was famous during the 1700s because it could show off the wig of the people that would wear the white powdered wig and it was small enough to fit under your arm like when you're going to do stuff so like it was very popular like in the colonial america they wore them a lot and whatever so we also have the uh, the tragedy mask of of like comedy tragedy you know like she's she's crying she has a visible tear and that is because she's got a, it's a sorrowful lament, just like the song of the nightingale. Okay. She's female. She's the guy's female partner who's there. And she disagrees with what's happening in her mask. It's like, it's showing that she is emoting for the victims, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the tear is, is what's enshrined, right? But anyway, they both look, and she has three points of her hat with little bells on each one. Yeah, yeah. Which really cements the three-pointed hat idea into the viewer so that it will remain in our heads. We'll remember this, that the guy has a tricorn hat. right? Right. So he's going around and he chooses the first woman to go and find a mate. Now that they've done the ritual and they've had everybody had to kiss, now he'll choose which one goes to get inseminated next. And the, the women will go and choose one of the men in the crowd. And you'll see that the, yeah, she chooses him. And then he's the first one to copulate with her. So that's most likely that his seed is the one that's used for the insemination. Right. So that's why it's like a big deal. But then afterwards, everybody goes to town and runs train on everybody, like all the women. So there is no real father and there is no attachment to the baby. And that's the same way that the, the fertility cults of Babylon used to do. They used to have sex with everybody. And then when the babies were born, they had no qualms to feed it into the fire. You know, it was their way of population control, I guess. Okay, sure, sure. Next one. So here's man getting chosen. Quick question. Do you know why her mask is so much more extravagant? I think because she is the main character in this drama, you know, and uh, the fact that it's, it's the, the bird feathers. Okay. The woman in the sorrowful lament of Philomela. 
Okay. It, it, the point about it being like uh, possibly being a test for Bill and having Bill and a rat in a maze, it just, it just adds, it just, for me, it just adds to that. Like, okay, she's, she's the girl that's going to pick Bill. So she's the main girl. Right. The girls yeah, maybe so. The right yeah, maybe spot. Bill was drawn there on purpose. Yeah. And that's her mission to draw him in. Maybe so. Yeah. And so she is fully bathed in this smoke. We got a really good shot. The smoke is all blue in the camera light and she's fully bathed in the smoke. And then we see her walk over and that's one hour, 17 minutes, and 46 seconds where she chooses him. And then I guess the next slide is where they kiss. And that's it. 51, I guess. 50 is right before they kiss. And and then actually in 17 minutes of the film, when they when you go back to the film, Bill is wiping his lip with one finger, just like he does when the woman, the woman who has a crush on him kisses him yeah. before her husband came comes in, he wipes his mouth the same way with one finger. So that goes to show that Bill kissed Mandy. You know, I don't know if I got a slide screenshot of that, but no. I spoke about that in my occult Kubrick and the butterfly net. Okay, cool. Three cool. hour special. So, all right, she chooses him and they walk out. And then, and then this next one is this guy's mask. Oh my God. He's so like, just comes out of nowhere and the mask is, right. oh my God. It's like, look at this freaking guy. Like, oh my God. Yeah. So like, so, it's so goofy looking, but at the same time, it's right. so freaking scary. <laughs> Supposedly that's Columbus. That's a mask okay. of Columbus. Okay. And But if you look at the, above his head is an upright square, like Freemasonry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, man, sure. And to a righted square, is when order like it it is to maintain order and a downward square is like disorder and like that's why the compass lies on top of the square because the compass is superior to the downward pointing square so an upward pointed square is a refined square the freemasons would know what i'm talking about (laughs) <laughs> look into it yourself everybody yeah the upright the upright chevron or whatever is an okay. upright square and that is a freemasonic symbol and he is maintaining order this guy is not allowed to touch okay. these whores he's separating them saying no no you can't touch this woman <laughs> and so that's what he takes her away that's what he's doing he's maintaining an order. he's an usher that maintains Order. So he has the upward square. Gotcha. Cool. So here is the, I guess we follow the naked blonde. The camera kind of follows her in. So she, she takes our eyes into the frame and then her head is framed within the frame of the portrait on the back wall. Yeah. So she leads us in with our eyes to this room where this portrait is enshrined. 
And above the portrait is on the balcony, people up on the balcony, just like over the ritual space, yep. the red carpet. And above the balcony, or like on the balcony, are heraldic crests. These are family shields of the bloodline families of the people that are up on the balcony, like the guy with the tricorn hat, uh, right? So this guy in the painting, the master of the house, look at how ornate the the frame is. It takes up the whole wall. Almost. Yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's crazy, yeah. And he's there sitting there and he's watching. Everybody yeah, he's fuck. just looking. Yeah. He approves it all. Yeah, he, that's right, man. Wow. Okay. He's one of them that used to do this. The ancestor that used to hold these parties is also part of the cult. And so this is, you know, this all happened for generations. And the fact that those heraldic crests are there with the portrait makes us relate the portrait, people in the portraits to the ancestry of the people that are wearing the masks. So this is a form of being able to show us who the families are, who is behind the mask. Kubrick is telling us in this, this visual fashion, right? Interesting. I never yeah. saw those shields before. That's so cool. So there we have a, a close-up of the master of the house, and he's got his, his hand on it, or his head on his right hand, watching intently everything that's happening. There's a duality there. There's cloaked people on one side and naked yeah. men on the right. Yeah, my eyes like I catch that. It definitely mm -hmm. has an effect. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, and that open door is over where the naked women are. It yeah. almost brings you further in. Yeah, like it draws you exactly. into this other room. It absolutely does. And the couch is almost like a blocker. And then the the middle mm -hmm. guy, you know, with the darker mask, he, you know, yep. stay away, go this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you'll find that it like you know even normal parties, people kind of organize yeah. themselves. It's really weird sometimes. But uh, we don't need to get into that. <laughs> so yeah, there's a close-up of the master of the house. So now we have, this is the room where he went further in and they're doing this display of lesbian. Which every time I women. see it, I, I'm just like, 69 is great, but like, if you got a mask on. Yeah, I know. It's, what are we doing here? It's right, right. But it's, it's a, just a guy. It is I a love the guy just like watching. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Intent. That's the very interesting. There's yeah. What do we got this. here? Yeah, they have right. masks on. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, there's another mask where the guy's like going, ooh, <laughs> his lips are going like, like, it's, <laughs> yes. like intently, wow. Yes. It's pretty good with like a surprise face. But yeah. anyway, so we see more portraits on the back wall on the left. It almost looks like a child pan character, like he's carrying a pan flute. Yes, yes. So that is more, you know, paganism related. And then there's another person, a portrait of somebody, probably another family member. Right. And then moving on, we'll see more portraits. Look at that guy's mask. Yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah, that's the whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello. So <laughs> yeah, there's, uh, you know, more portraits behind him. Yeah. Uh, 
So we can imagine these are family members. This next one we got going back to the people as furniture. Yep, people as furniture. There's the, they're using one of the masked slave usher people. Yeah. Is a table that the lady's getting fucked on. Yeah, the woman is being fucked on. And if you look at uh, satanic altars, are a female body. You know, it's, and that relates to the, you know, the people as furniture and the milk bar yes, of, exactly. of, of, of Clockwork Orange, people as furniture and gentlemen prefer blondes, you know, the statuary and, the, you know, people as furniture as the statues in this house, you know, and people as furniture spoken by Quilty in the beginning of Lolita before he gets shot. Says you can use people as furniture. <laughs> All related. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Cool. Beautiful. Right on. Sean, we're gonna call it there. Thank you so much for coming on. But before I say goodbye to you, can you please tell my listeners and my viewers where they can find you and anything sure. you want to share, man? The stage is all yours, my friend. Okay. Well, you can find Wake the Dead podcast, you know, Spotify, Apple, Google, many of the major ones. Uh, you can look up Wake the Dead at all those places. And uh, my, I post pretty much all my video and audio to a page on onegreatworknetwork.com. You can find me in the creator section under Sean uh, look at, look at, Here we go. Look who's, look who's rocking. <laughs> oh, who's on now? Look who's rocking. That's great. Yeah, yeah. That was a transgender cult. That was the episode okay, I talked perfect. about earlier. That's the one I want to watch. Awesome. We were talking about Inanna in that Okay, beautiful. Okay, yeah, right yeah, he's great. He's a good friend. Yeah, he's a good guy. Um, I haven't talked with him personally one on one yet, but it seems like a great. That's guy. great. Yeah, this is this is great. It's, it just yeah. so happens. It's, yeah, man, that's perfect. Synchronicity. Yeah. So anyway, you can scroll down and you'll find my name, Sean McCann, and my my symbol there. And uh, there's many other in fantastic creators that also provide content to that place. So definitely look around see what's there and there you can find there's a link to my t-shirt store where i create designs and photography on my t-shirts where i promote my podcast wake the dead and i have anarchist designs but you can find them there at, at storefrontier.com slash wake the dead and my photography and anarchist designs and there's some controversial stuff in there and some joke, yeah. some fun jokes and stuff. Like. Yeah, I went through them. I've gone through them before because this last episode, I, I showed a few of them off. And yeah, I like what you do you, you with some of your kind of parody or spoof, spoof stuff. Yeah. This one's great too. Yeah, the bicycle day, that one's great. Oh, yeah. That yeah, great, yeah. That, that might be my favorite, actually. That's a picture of Albert Hoffman okay. on his famous bicycle, bicycle day, That's bicycle cool. ride. I like that. Where it was like supposedly the first LSD trip or whatever. Cool. Uh, yeah. So like I've I've created these images over the years, and so now I'm I'm able to uh, to sell them as T-shirts. And cool. it's great because I'm a photographer, and I don't have access to a darkroom or paper to print anymore. But now I can print on fabric. You yeah. Know? And I can still sell my work at an affordable price where. People can see it and, and that's where wear it and show the, show others. A lot of people you know. like to buy their their art, so to speak. Is in I hope so. T shirt, yeah. man. So yeah, man. That's yeah. great. So I did that and like that. 
when I sell a shirt, it helps put a little bit of money in my pocket. Good. You can donate. There's a donate button at the onegreatworknetwork.com. And I highly appreciate it because I'm struggling and, you know, it's a tough world out there. Yeah, man. And, uh, I hear you. Yeah. When you want to, when you want a lot of time into it, like I do and clearly you do. Yeah. It's tough. I do. It's tough to like, to, it's yeah. Tough. Cause I work a lot of days and I have a young child and we, you know, I got a real life going. Yeah, man. Exactly. So, but it's too, it's good to be able to, to do this in my spare time. And like all my work is free. And you can find it there at onegreatworknetwork.com. You can find it on Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble. There's very little on YouTube. I'll say I speak how it is. Yeah. I don't filter myself. So I don't post on YouTube, really. I hear you, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm just, as soon as I can get on Rockfin, literally, I'm I'm out of there. So, yeah, yeah. Just just staying put until I jump on the ride. All right, Sean. Thanks again for bringing your all your knowledge we're going to keep breaking down the movie and uh, we're going to keep breaking down walls and waking people up and just thank you again for coming and we'll see you again real soon my friend that's my pleasure all right later see you next time peace brother